0: This episode of the Enhancement Talent Podcast is brought to you by the Godfather's Ho 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 Training Center. Are you interested in some seasonal work this upcoming holiday season? Then join former pimp and current Christmas enthusiast, the Godfather, as he uses his Ho 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 Training Center to mold the best crop of mall Santas you'll find this side of the North Pole. And if you act now, The Godfather will throw in your own personal Mrs. Claus for a nominal nightly fee. The Godfather's ho-ho-ho training center. When you see some snow, then it's time to hoe. There are many halls of fame when it comes to professional wrestling. Almost all of the now-defunct territories have their own hall, as do some of the wrestling newsletters and journals. There's even an overarching Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame building located in Wichita Falls, Texas. But the most famous Hall of Fame in the world of professional wrestling doesn't even have a physical building to house its inductees. That would be the WWE Hall of Fame. It's the final destination for some of the biggest names the sport has to offer. But there's also a curious absence of some of the bigger names in professional wrestling history who arguably deserve to have a place among the greats. On this episode of The Enhancement Talent, we will shine a light on who we think are some of the most deserving of enshrinement. This is our Top 10 People Who Should Be in the WWE Hall of Fame. All right. Thanks again for listening to another episode of the Enhancement Talent podcast. I'm your host, the man in the rafters, the one they call Tony Lopez. With with us today, as he is every week, one half of the fabulous Lopez cousins, Dr. Bob Lopez. How you doing tonight, Bob?
1: Doing great, sir. How about yourself?
0: Doing okay. Doing okay. It's Easter Sunday. Had a good Easter today?
1: Yeah, spent it with the uh the family. Uh, my brother came over. We talked about Trish Stratus as number 1 female wrestler of all time and we had a good time.
0: <laughs> I I still love your reaction when we, when we unveiled that it, Trish came in at number 5 overall.
1: I just just a couple just, times actually. It, it is funny.
0: Yeah. It's just like seriously? It's like stop. Yeah. yeah. It was it was it was funny. It was funny. I loved it. uh, Good times. Yeah. But, you know, Trish got her due. She was still in the top five, you know. It's all good. Yeah. all All right. Well, also joining us today, back from the land of quarantine wrestling, the state of Florida from beautiful island lake illinois the warsaw blonde himself adam Kalavic. how you doing tonight adam
2: doing great guys great to be back uh got a little bit of sun uh got some relaxation in uh tried to take the rental car to jacksonville for a dynamite show but uh was denied uh but uh it was a good trip and uh yeah, I got back yesterday. Uh, Easter Bunny made a visit to the kids. Uh, they got a lot of fun stuff, and left fun me, stuff uh, then then. he left me a best Trish Stratus DVD uh, himself, so I've been watching that tonight.
0: You've been watching the Trish Stratus DVD religiously?
2: Yes, uh, he left it for me uh, in between my kids' baskets, so I guess he's trying to tell me something.
0: Yes. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Don't let it happen we'll again, see why she... <laughs> What was that, Bob?
1: that way you can see why she's a, a hall of famer which will segue into tonight's show
2: that's right well definitely a well deserved hall of famer just uh, just uh, just maybe not as maybe not as high in my opinion but definitely deserves to be in there
0: well as as bob has alluded to tonight's topic all right well it's wrestlemania week And I just, you know, usually during WrestleMania week, um, they do the Hall of Fame ceremonies like the night before actual WrestleMania. But because COVID has kind of fucked everything up and, you know, the production schedule is what it is, um, they've decided to tape the Hall of Fame induction ceremony about a week in advance. It happened like middle of the week last week. And I I guess I guess that's, you know, it's it's a smart way to go because they have two years worth of uh, inductees going in this year because they didn't have a they didn't have the uh, Hall of Fame ceremony last year. Um, That and it, it, you know, gives them the opportunity to edit these speeches because a lot of these speeches sometimes can go on and on and on. Um, But we've been having the conversation recently about the WWE Hall of Fame. And what it exactly means for somebody to get in the hall of fame for WWE. And when you look at the WWE hall of fame, it's a really weird fucking hall of fame. It's, <laughs> you know, it, you know, you have a, you have wrestlers who have never wrestled for WWE in there. Um, you have guys who are just jobbers basically. um and, they have celebrities who go in every year. Um, it's just—it's just a weird hodgepodge of people who, you know, every year has at least you know a few deserving people to go in, but just as many picks that are just like, what the fuck? How 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 are they going in? You Great, Kelly
2: Yes. Yes. <laughs> um. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, I have a slight cough today.
0: Yeah, not a problem, sir. Not a problem. But yeah. I mean, it, it, so it posed a topic to, to us this week. You know, since there are a lot of, you know, head-scratching inductees in the WWE Hall of Fame, we took, we took a look and be like, you know what, what are some, who are some performers that are not in, you know, that deserve to be in, that, you know, even if they didn't really do much with, with uh, WWE or honestly if they didn't really, weren't really in the company at all, You know, why are they not in? Why did they not contribute um, enough to be deemed worthy of the Hall of Fame? Why are they on the outside looking in? Even for a lot of them who, you know, some of these wrestlers haven't wrestled in over a decade. Um, Some of them aren't even alive anymore and they're not in. Um, So it's just it's a lot of confusion. Um, Bob when you were doing the research for this and you, and you were just seeing like all these wrestlers who are not in the hall of fame. And like Adam said, you know, you got guys like great Kali who are, who are in, you know, what, how did that make you feel? I mean, like what, what overall feeling did you have about the hall of fame when you juxtapose people who are in and people who aren't?
1: I mean, as a, as a passionate wrestling fan, you know, you uh, you get frustrated at stuff like this because th- this is something that you're you're passionate about and you follow. And the Hall of Fame, just like any other sport, is the ultimate pinnacle. Besides winning a championship, you know, to, for a legendary career, um, it, it's a way to get um remembered. Um, it, it's just like I said, the the best of the best of what you can reach for. So when you have a hall of fame, you look forward to those people that made wrestling what it is. Um, and and then when, when they're coming in and the WWE, most of all, more than more than any other company, like it's just a huge clusterfuck when it comes towards like the actual, there is no choosing selection committee or anything like that. You don't get voted on by your peers, like other sports. It's just like, Hey, um, Let's see what Jushin Liger and Greg Kali are doing today, and, and maybe we'll just bring him into our Hall of Fame. Um, no no slight against Jushin Liger, but he was never part of the WWE, so why the fuck is he in there? Uh, Mil Mascaras. Uh, you know, why is he in there? Katsumi
0: um, Fujinami, you know?
1: Fujinami. Uh, you know, just names like that that, okay... They're not in there, but some of these people that we're going to talk about today actually, you know, did the blood, sweat and tears in the company, you know, paid the dues and stuff like that and and have long lasting memories uh, matches, you know, uh, that that you're a huge fan of. But yet they're not being appreciated by the company for either some kind of a lawsuit, some kind of vendetta, some kind of personal issue that they have. And that's a damn shame. And, um, you know, that that's where the frustrating aspect comes from.
0: Yeah, most definitely. How about you, Adam? It
2: there really is no rhyme or reason. Uh, the one thing I think about when I think of the WWE Hall of Fame is uh, one thing immediately stands out. Uh, you know, I think of a lot of guys who obviously are first balloters and who you know who got in and deserved to be there. But then I think about like an example of Macho Man Randy Savage. What the hell took so long to get him in there? I mean, you think of you think of you know Hall of Famers, especially in his era. Besides Hulk Hogan, maybe Ultimate Warrior. Who else was bigger than Macho Man Randy Savage in the mid '80s to uh, mid '90s when he performed? I mean, he 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 stuck around longer than Hogan and in uh, Warrior, and, and it took forever for him to get in. Or uh, British Bulldog Davy Boy Smith uh, was supposed to go in last year. As you mentioned, the pandemic, they didn't do a Hall of Fame, but he's going to go in as part of the 2020 class. Uh, he's been uh, – he passed away in uh, 2002, I want to say, 2000 somewhere around there. Uh, what the hell took him 18 years to get him in? I, it, you know, and you think of the their career, the matches they had, what the blood, sweat, and tears they put in, like you said earlier. It's just it, – like Bob said, there's no committee. There's no rhyme or reason. They just seem to – just, I, I don't know. Maybe they, uh, JR when he was working there brought his cowboy hat in and Vince just picked names out of the cowboy hat, or uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. It's it's very strange, and uh, so it's kind of like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, there's no rhyme or reason there either. So, um, yeah, just looking at my list, uh, there's some names that are that you know, you look at, over their body of work and you go, uh, You know why are they not in there you know you think about their influence um or what they you know some of them may not have hit the big time with wwe but they you know they made their mark elsewhere and like bob mentioned some guys made their mark you know in japan like jushin liger is a great example he you know wcw and in japan that's where he wrestled his whole career and and uh never worked for wwe but he's in and there's guys on my list that that definitely worked there and won titles and aren't there so it's just it's just very odd um you know obviously people can argue about hall of fames and sports you know every sport but the wwe's is one of the most confusing that's for sure
0: yeah yeah i mean that's it's all you can do man like i said just scratch your head and be like okay well jim carrey's in the hall of fame or not jim uh, drew carrey's in the hall of fame uh but king kong bundy's not what mm-hmm. you know, King Kong Bunny King Kong Bundy headlined to WrestleMania for fuck's sake, you know, but hey, what are you gonna do? You know, it's and mm-hmm. yes, he was also on Mary with Children, definitely. Mm-hmm. Part of the Bundy clan.
1: That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Better than any Drew
0: well, Carey show. Yes. Yes. Well, I like the Drew Carey show, at least the early years.
2: But the early years and, and uh whose line is it anyway? yeah Good moments
0: too well without further ado folks let's let's digress and actually get into our list here um yep top 10 list these are the top 10 uh people that we think should be in the hall of fame but are not um as we said as always it's it's um our top 10 is from a point system all three of us individually compiled our own list and based on where we uh, place them in our individual lists, uh, they're assigned a, a point and that's where they end up based on how many points they get. Um, also, um, before our as always, before our top pick is revealed, we also have five honorable mentions. Those are five picks that didn't have the points to get into the top 10, but still had enough points to at least get some sort of mention. All right. So let's get down to business. Number 10 on our list comes in with seven points. Uh, this particular person, uh, we, he's count, he's been mentioned on this show numerous times. He was actually on our top manager's list. If you want, if anybody wants to go back and listen to that episode, that was a really entertaining episode, our top managers and valets list. Um, He's still very active in the wrestling community, uh, probably one of the most divisive people in that community as well. With seven points and those seven points coming from Adam, because he's number four on Adam's list, we're talking about Jim Cornette, Jim Cornette coming in at number 10 on our list with seven points, Adam, he was only on your list. So tell us about Jim Cornette.
2: Jim Cornette was one of those guys where I had to go back and look, because I had thought that maybe he had gotten in, but then I saw that he inducted Jeff Jarrett, which I find terribly interesting because, you know, I as, as we alluded to, you know, some, some of the reasons, some of these guys, as we go up and down, aren't in because they had bad blood with Vince McMahon and few people had uh you know fewer people have less you know Jeff Jarrett and Vince McMahon uh, had a lot of heat for a very long time so the fact that Jeff Jarrett is in and Jim Cornette is not when Jim Cornette was a employee uh, of the WWE for uh, easily a decade maybe even a little longer um you know Cornette of course is known as we as you mentioned on the manager's uh show, one of the greatest managers of all time. Just you know, everyone knows him from the Midnight Express and and uh, all the, all the belts that they won, and other teams he managed that won gold. Um, you know, and again, one of wrestling's best talkers and just so dedicated to the business, as everybody knows. He's worked virtually everywhere, he's he's booked, he's uh, he's announced, managed you know done front office stuff he had his own promotion smoky mountain wrestling for about four years in the early to mid 90s um the guy's just all over professional wrestling and he's one of the most recognized faces uh that that isn't a physical wrestling talent um but taking all that away if you want to go well you know he did a lot of stuff in the nwa and he did smoky mountain he was in wwf for a decade and he managed uh hall of famers like Davy Boy Smith and Yokozuna and Owen Hart certainly would, would be a hall of famer if it wasn't for uh, the fact that, you know, his family doesn't want him to be a part of it. You know, so he, he had a lot of big time talents. He managed the world titles. Again, he was instrumental in, in uh, the creative team for quite some time. And again, to this day, you know, he's got a very loyal following with, podcast with his podcasts that he does and he has the cult of cornet he's just he represents old school wrestling and everything that it's all about and that may be a reason why he's not in but i think that's a, a shitty reason um you know because he is he's very old school and he's very passionate about the business and um eric bischoff is a guy who's going to be uh, honored this year i have no problem with eric bischoff being honored um and being in the Hall of Fame, but Jim Cornette has done as as much or more for professional wrestling than Eric Bischoff has. He just has a longer track record, and and uh, he has more on his resume. So uh, this one just blows my mind. Again, uh, one of the. I, I don't remember how high Cornette was on our manager list. I think he was in the top five. So the fact that I'm pretty sure he
0: was, yeah, yeah.
2: The fact that he's one of the top five managers of all time and he's not in the Hall of Fame is just ridiculous. It's like not having Bobby Heenan in there, in my opinion, or or someone like that. So so that's uh, that that's why I, I put him so highly because easily the most. Well, I shouldn't say that. The one of the most high profile behind the scenes manager announcer types uh, who isn't in the Hall of Fame.
0: Yeah. Well, hey, I mean Cornette rubs a lot of people the wrong way. I don't at this point I don't know if it's just his gimmick now, you know, cuz he he goes out of his way to to trash AEW whenever he can cuz he thinks it sucks. Uh yeah. You know, I I don't know if that's, you know, a work or a shoot. You never know really with Cornette, but you know for what he would for everything he's done like you said in the professional wrestling world I think he definitely deserves induction I mean if Freaking there's a
2: scaffold bump dude I mean yeah <laughs>
0: that alone. Come on. yeah, he- yeah w- w- what happened he like w- he broke both of his was his ankles or his shins or something like that yeah he, he fell the boss
1: man was supposed to catch him and he didn't
0: yeah that's right Yeah. Just another botch that broke some, broke Cornette's legs. But, you know, hey, it's Cornette has done a lot for this business. I I agree with you. He should be in. I, I, he didn't quite make my list. Um, He's, he probably on the peripheral somewhere. But yeah, I mean, I could definitely see him, you know, having a stake or at least have like laying claim to a spot. Um, Bob you didn't have him on your list either do you have anything to say about Cornette
1: he he was on that cusp of the list um I, you know he was on the the final breakdowns towards the end but I had other people ahead of him um I I agree 100% with Adam's opinion though because he uh he he's one of those guys that just has the ultimate passion for wrestling I mean we've seen you know interviews with him on the dark side of the ring things and you just see the collection of wrestling memorabilia and everything that he has in his house. And like, he's just a walking encyclopedia when it comes to wrestling and everything about it. Um, you know, so just just that passion alone and just uh, how he's still involved in the game. is just, he deserves it because of that. Um, you know, as, as a manager, you're supposed to manage your team and, and, and you know just bring them to the best that they can but he would draw heat he, he could talk he uh the crowd like you said when when he took that bump and he broke his his uh his ankles or whatever it was that he ended up breaking off the scaffold you know the crowd erupted because of that spot that's just how much heat he would gain and and it's just like for them to hate a manager that much obviously he was doing his job well um my my thing with cornette is obviously yeah he he's very open about what he has to say and sometimes yeah that kind of rubs me the wrong way because not about the aew stuff i understand that but sometimes he goes out of his way to talk a lot of crap about the the women of wrestling um you know for their look and their ability and just uh, to i think he's kind of obscene with some of the stuff he says with regards to that so i definitely disagree with that but other than that i mean he, he's definitely deserving of of um the hall of fame and hopefully does get it one day you know
0: yeah, yeah, he thing, does uh, definitely. Well, I'm sorry. he does definitely cross the line, a you lot. know, every once in a while. But yeah. you know, like I said, he he, the proof's in the pudding, man. He he's dedicated his life to professional wrestling, and it shows.
2: Yeah, the other yeah. thing I was going to mention too was um, he had the after his stint with uh WWF ended, you know, the creative team and Vince Russo, and we all know about that history. He wound wound up working uh, in Ohio Valley, which was WWE's developmental territory, and and a lot of big-time people came out of the territory at that time. Batista and Cena are two names that come to mind off the top of my head. Lesnar, Orton. Yeah, yeah. yep.
0: Well, there we go. Number 10 on our list with seven points overall, Jim Cornette. All right, let's move up to number nine. Number nine comes in with seven and a half points, right above Jim Cornette. Um, number nine is one of the most decorated tag teams of all time. Um, they definitely had more success outside of WWF or WWE than they did in it, but um, there's no denying their ability. And this is another one that I just. They didn't make my list because I just flat out forgot. And then when I saw it on your guys' list, I was like, fuck, you know, how can I, how can I leave these guys off? But by that point, it was too late. I had already made my list. So with seven and a half points, they came in number four on Bob's list and an honorable mention on Adam's list. The Steiner brothers, Rick and Scott Steiner coming in at number nine. Bob, you had them ranked in at number four. Tell us about the Steiners.
1: Yeah, the Steiners at the time, uh, Rick and Scott Steiner, probably highly regarded as one of the best tag teams of all time. I mean, when we we did our list of the tag teams, again, I think they were up there in the top five, I believe. It's been a while since we did that episode. But um, first tag team to ever hold the WWF World Tag Titles, WCW World Tag Titles, uh, New Japan, the uh, IWGP Tag Titles. Um, these guys did it all, man, and, and they were so fun to watch. They were in sync um, all the time, uh, brothers in real life, Rick and Scott. And, and this is why they're not in there again. I don't know. Uh, during that time, you know, you had the big teams, the Legion of Doom, which at that time were the Road Warriors. Um, but the Skyners had amazing feuds with them, amazing feuds with the Rock and Roll Express outside of the WWF. Um you know when when they were in wcw harlem heat uh just stuff like that but why they're not in there i don't know because i believe harlem heat recently got inducted right a couple of years ago are they not in the Fame? yeah Hall year family? two yeah yep yeah a year or yeah. two ago so harlem heat's in there but why the steiner brothers aren't in there is is kind of beyond me i mean they uh they they've done pretty much everything you can do as a tag team to accomplish it um Maybe because of Rick. I, I think on his own, Rick could never get into the Hall of Fame on his own. I don't think he had that illustrious of a career. Uh, Scott, you know, he was better off as a single wrestler when he, when he took off. But, you know, he's another one that's vocal and a lot of people don't like what he has to say. And maybe that's unfortunately one of the reasons why he's not in there. But when you put them two together and you saw the, the, the line of work that they do, that they did, I think they definitely deserve to be in there. I mean, they dominated yeah, the- for years.
0: Yeah. And I think a lot of what like a lot of the head scratching comes down to too is I think backstage politics do play a part in this. And if I'm not mistaken, uh Scott and I think it's Triple H have some kind of heat between each other. Yeah. Like real life heat, if I'm not mistaken. So maybe that's what's keeping them out. I don't know. You know, could be anything, but yeah, they're not in there and it just seems a shame. How about you, Adam? You had the Steiners as an honorable mention. What do you got to say about them?
2: Yeah, I agree with everything Bob said. Um, you know, seven-time NWA WCW tag champions. They won the WWF tag titles twice. Bob mentioned New Japan. Um, everywhere they've gone, they've just, uh, you know, they've entertained audiences. Uh, Bob mentioned some of the great matches they had with uh, the top tag teams of their time, wherever they wherever they showed up. Um, my opinion is, I think, you know, the, the stuff, Scott Steiner, yeah, very outspoken. I know, uh, he had been asked a few years ago, you know, about it, you know, if it bothers him that, that he isn't in or him and his brother aren't in. And he said, he kind of went on a rant and said, oh, well, how can it be a hall of fame? There's no fucking building and, uh, it doesn't <laughs> exist in everybody's mind. You know, where is it? You know, Cooper's, you go to Cooperstown for the baseball hall of fame, go, The Toronto for the Hockey Hall of Fame. There's no building. It's all in people's minds, blah, blah, blah. And I think a lot of that had to probably do with the frustration and and anger towards not being in there because, again, um, you know, as as, uh, you guys alluded to, he does have some heat with Triple H, and, you know, his his singles run in WWE was was definitely a failure except for falling off the uh, ring apron going after Tess. That's a Hall of Fame-worthy moment. But, uh, you know, throw that, even throwing that aside, you know, he was huge in WCW as a singles wrestler. And, again, him and his brother were one of the most decorated tag teams of their era. So I think sometimes Vince McMahon likes to just, you know, uh, I think he's got this thing with, with uh, quote, unquote, homegrown talent. Like, you know, the Steiners had so much success before they came to WWF. It's like, okay, well, you know, uh, because the success wasn't made there, you know, he he kind of waters them down. The, the, the Road Warriors are very watered down, in my opinion, in their two runs in the WWF, so uh, that might have a little bit to do with it, you know, just, oh, well, you know, th- they've had success, but it's not success here, so it's not as important kind of thing, and, you know, the tag team pool was a little shallow, too, when they were in the WWF. I, I'm not trying to count that against them, you know, you can only, you know, work with who you got to work with, but the tag team division wasn't quite as good at the time, too. So, you know, it might be a little easier to ignore them that way, too. But either way, I think it's ridiculous, and they definitely should, should have been there long, long time ago.
0: Yeah. Well, that's why they're number nine on our list. Rick and Scott, the Steiner brothers coming in at number nine with seven and a half points. All right, let's move up to number eight on our list. Number eight also had seven and a half points, but they got the tiebreaker because this particular wrestler appeared on all three of our lists instead of just two like the Steiners. Um, this particular wrestler come, came in at number 10 on my personal list. He was one of Bob's honorable mentions, And he was all the way up at number five on Adam's personal list. We're talking about the man who rules the world. Sid. Psycho Sid. Sid Justice. Whatever the fuck you want to call him. (laughs) Let's just call him Sid. He comes in at number eight on our list with seven and a half points. Adam, you had Sid all the way up at number five. Tell us about Sid. Why you think he should be in the Hall of Fame?
2: I'm, I'm a, I'm a Sid Mark. First of all, um, I, I, I don't know why. I, I, the guy just entertains me. Obviously, he wasn't the best worker in the world. Um, you know, he, he was somewhat methodical in the ring and stuff like that. But if you paired him with the right guy, you know, he was he was a lot of fun to watch in the ring. Um, you know, one of my favorite matches with Sid was when he won. Um. I believe it was his first WWF world title against Shawn Michaels at Survivor Series 96 when the, at Madison Square Garden uh, where the crowd completely turned against Michaels because they mm-hmm. couldn't stand his white, white meat uh, baby face character any longer. And they literally turned on him in the middle of the match. And I, I, I still haven't heard a not, it's not the biggest pop i ever heard the garden, but, it, but it was up there when Sid hit the power bomb on him to win that title. So uh, that's a personal favorite match of mine, just for that, because I could not stand Shawn Michaels at that time. But anyway, uh, uh, the man has headlined two WrestleManias. Uh, you know, he worked with Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania 8 um, in the final match. That was kind of overshadowed by the return of the Ultimate Warrior, but Sib was a part of that match. Um, and then he also headlined at WrestleMania 13, defending the title, losing it to The Undertaker. Uh, so, right there that's puzzling um he also had two title reigns in wcw um i mean you know again uh for a big man um he he just had a great look and i think when vince mcmahon brought him in uh from wcw to be Sid justice i think he kind of had him penciled in as the next hulk hogan and it's uh Sid's a guy who's always kind of marched to his own beat um and I think that's probably what's keeping him out I, I I don't think that should keep him out a lot of wrestlers march to their own beat so i I don't know why Sids is any worse than anyone else's um unless you're talking about the scissor thing maybe that was something bothering vince uh, I think I think that'd bother Arn anderson more than than Vince but uh yeah, you would think yeah. <laughs> But again, uh, a lot of big men. Uh, we mentioned Great Khali. I mean, how, how, you know, Sid is definitely miles above Great Khali in terms of ability and, and mic skills. And uh, even when Sid's promos were bad, they were entertaining. So,
1: um, yeah. <laughs> I,
0: I, <laughs> I, I I was just about to oh, say, say it's
2: like. Them, you know, <laughs> They're great you, you,
0: you... You all you have to do is just know how to talk to be better than Great Kali as far as mic skills go. You know, so yeah. you know, Sid, as bad as we know how he can be on the mic, yes, he is he, yes, I will give that to you. He is better than the great Kali. Um I think he should just be in the Hall of Fame based on the uh the your live pal thing with uh oh, Jim Ross. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> If anybody wants, if any of the listeners there um, want to know what we're talking about, just, I think it's on, I think the clip's on YouTube. Oh, sure. um, it is. I've just it many times. <laughs> yes. Go on YouTube. Look up uh, Sid Justice. I don't know. Live fuck up or something. I don't know. It, it could be on there, but he basically wants to do redo uh, a promo he's cutting and he to- just totally forgets that they're doing it live on air. So he can't really redo anything. And I mean, Jim Ross is there oh, to, <laughs> Jim Ross is there to uh, to remind him of that. so
2: yeah, I've seen a couple of shoot interviews with Sid and, and that was a guy who didn't play politics. Um, I, I know um, when when he uh, there was the 92 rumble when Flair won the title when when uh, Sid eliminated Hogan and Hogan got pissed off and uh, caused Sid to get eliminated by Flair. And the, and the crowd was pissed at Hogan. Uh, Hogan threw a fit backstage, according to Sid, and, and you know was yelling at Vince about the whole thing. And Sid gave his resignation right there and said, I'm out of here, I'm not playing politics like this. So I think that that may have something to do with it Also, he just didn't play politics. Maybe it's not important to him. I don't know if they've reached out and maybe he, he doesn't want to do it. But I mean, yeah. again, when you won the, the world title and the two major promotions, uh, four times combined and uh, the headline wrestlemanias uh you know, they're, they're far less deserving people who are in it uh, uh it isn't, so.
0: Well, maybe it just cor- corresponds too close to the start of softball season. You well, that know. yeah. yeah. That's,
2: that's good, yeah, because it
1: is, it is April after all.
0: Yes. Hey, Bob, you had Sid on your honorable mentions list. What do you got to say about him?
1: Um, yeah, you use, you know, I I didn't really care for the Sid Justice character. I think when they brought him in as Sid Justice, they they dropped the ball big time. Which, but at the same time, it's the WWF, so you didn't expect much. But I I thought when he did the Psycho Sid character, it was more believable. Even the theme song that came along with it played perfectly, Uh, and you know, you just saw him and you were scared, and you're like, "Wow, this guy's just nuts!" And and, you know, his his mic skills, like you said, were absolutely horrible, and he should have had. Like a better manager with him instead of Harvey Whippleman, but um, I think he would have been perfect if you would have put him with a Paul Heyman at that time. You know, they could have just made him this unbeatable monster. Um, but uh, yeah, I think Sid just—I uh, think at one time he was even a member of the Four Horsemen in WCW, right? Am I right? Yep. Yeah. So he, was. He, he also headlined a Starcade while he was over there too. So I mean, he he had the look, he had the ability. Um, but he didn't have the passion. Like I said, so many times they would get pissed off at him because he would just leave whenever he wanted to, or he he would be like, "Oh, softball season's coming up, so I'm going to go take a break and play softball." And I, I think you know you hear interviews with Bruce, Bruce Pritchard where it's just like he just went off and did what he wanted to do. Like Adam said, he, he you know marched to the beat of his own drum. But uh, yeah, that's that's where they would just get frustrated with him, and I think that's why I had him so low on my list, just because. The passion wasn't there. Yeah, he deserves to be in there instead of a Kali or a Hillbilly Jim because he's done more than those guys combined and yet they're in there. But damn shame. But I think that's the only reason why I didn't have him some higher up on my list was just because of the the shitty Mike skills and the passion wasn't there.
0: Yeah. I mean, you could say the same thing for Lesnar, you know, because you know he's only doing it for the fucking money. He's already he's gone on record of saying. He doesn't give a shit about the business. He's, you know, he's just doing it because Vince is paying him a boatload of fucking money because he's Brock Lesnar. But, you know, Brock Lesnar, of course, had a more decorated career than Sid did. Um, Yeah. I mean, who knows? Who knows what it is with Sid? Like you guys said, he's definitely a free spirit, marches to his own drum. And maybe he's just like, you know what? Whatever. Fuck your Hall of Fame. Maybe I don't want to be in it. But. As far as we, as far as we're concerned, he was on all three of our lists. We both we all think that he should be a part of it. So, there you go, uh, number eight, Sid. No, go ahead. You-
1: you 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 hear other peers talk about Brock Lesnar and they say how he's one of the greatest workers out there how even though he looks so dominating and he looks like he's destroying you he goes above and beyond to take care of you while he's in the ring and so many of his peers will yeah. highlight even though like again you said he marches to the beat of his own drum and does whatever the fuck he wants like he's a true professional at the at you know at the max and all his peers rave about him I really don't know a lot of people that rave about Sid, you know, like that's, that's, the <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. You
0: know, but wonder, that's have, true.
1: Yeah. You know, have yeah. you heard so many people go above and beyond and be like, Oh, Sid was one of the best ones to look out for in the ring. I, I, I haven't heard that. Not a knock against Sid, but yeah. you, you know, there, there's, I don't really think there's a big comparison there.
0: Yeah. He no, Well, I'm, I'm not trying to compare it. You know, I was just like when it comes to the passion, you know, yeah. Yeah, I don't think Brock's very passionate about the business, but like I said, Brock has a much more decorated career. Agreed. And like you said, he probably has more respect as well. And that's why he's going to be a no brainer hall of famer. Sid, you know, not so much, you know, but he should be in the hall, I believe. And I think, you yeah. know, he wouldn't be on all three of our lists if we didn't think so either. I, so
2: I do recall in one of those shoot interviews that I watched with him that, um, they brought him in um, in the second WWF run, or maybe it was his 30s. He had several, but uh, I think he disappeared for a while. And when the Ultimate Warrior came back in 96, and they had all the backstage problems with him, and he was no-showing house shows, they had, they called Sid to fill in, and, and he had him over a barrel, and, and he knew it. and He had a lot of money to substitute for the Warrior. So, yeah, I could see what you guys are saying with the, mm-hmm. being in it for the money. But I suppose if it's there for you, go get it.
0: Right. Well, there we go. Number eight on our list, Sid, coming in at seven and a half points. All right. Let's move to number seven on our list. Number seven also came in on all three of our lists, coming in with eight and a half points. He was in my honorable mentions. He was number eight on Bob's personal list and number six on Adam's. We're talking about... Bam Bam Bigelow coming in at number seven on our lists. Adam, you had him in the highest rank at number six. Tell us about Bam Bam.
2: Yeah, and I'm uh again he went he got a pie on my list too as I'm I'm a mark for Bam Bam. Um, I mean Bam Bam was a guy who when he came, first came around, I want to say around WrestleMania four or so in the WWF. Um, nobody looked like him. I mean he was just a badass looking dude. I, he was bald and he had tattoos all over the place he had the flame on his uh on his wrestling gear um everybody of course remembers playing wrestlemania the uh the video game on on nintendo back in the day and he did cartwheels in the ring uh, The guy moved like a cat in the ring and he was about 350 pounds uh and that was his first run in uh in wwf uh you know, and he was in. I believe he was in the WrestleMania Four uh, Championship Tournament, if memory serves me correctly. Yeah, he was. Um, and there was just, yeah, there was just no one like him at the time. You know, he wound up going to WCW wrestling for a while. Uh, he wrestled in Japan. Um, probably what he's most uh, remembered for, though, is the second WWF run when he came back. Um, he actually headlined WrestleMania Nine, uh, wrestling uh, NFL Hall of Famer uh, Lawrence Taylor. Um, and pretty much, uh, from, from what I've, uh, read and, 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 understood, uh, the reason why Bam Bam was picked was because he was that good in the ring. And of course, Lawrence Taylor had never worked uh, the wrestling match before. And they knew Bam Bam would put on a good match. And also, as we alluded to with Brock Lesnar, uh, he would, he would take care of him, not hurt him, make him look good and try to put on the best match possible. Someone who was obviously green and, um, was one of Vince's attempts to, you know, um, you know, to capitalize on on the celebrity aspect of uh, of things at that particular WrestleMania eleven. Uh, of course, then later on, he went to ECW, um, which is my favorite era of Man Man Bigelow. He was part of the Triple Threat uh, with Shane Douglas, and uh, he, he had a feud with feuded with Taz. Um, you know, was one of the few guys to beat Taz in the ring. Uh, at that time when Taz was an unstoppable force in ECW, uh, Bam Bam won the title in ECW once also. Uh, then uh, then his checks started bouncing. So he wound up in WCW. I, I believe he won the tag belts with DDP and, uh, I think he won the hardcore title a few times, although, you know, that's like not a big deal to me, but <laughs> <laughs> title's a title, I guess. But, uh, again, uh, everywhere he went, uh, he was, he's a big time presence and, um i i I read bret hart's book a couple times and bret hart has a lot of great things to say about him just about how good he was in the ring how he moved how he you know how how well he worked and how he didn't hurt people and just widely regarded as one of the the best big men in wrestling history so it's it's baffling to me how you know again i'm not knocking any of these guys but you know You know, you got big guys like Andre the Giant in there and and, and Yokozuna. And, and of course, they deserve to be there. But, you know, a lot of those guys didn't move like him. Um, So I just find it very curious why, uh, you know, why he never went in. Uh, I don't know if uh, when he did leave WWF, if he had left on bad terms. I know he had run-ins with the Click back in the day. Who didn't? So, yeah, that's... It's just puzzling. Of course, Bam Bam passed away many years ago. Um, but, I mean, that doesn't – a lot of people, you know, again, going back to Randy Savage, people have been gone for over decades, get in the Hall of Fame posthumously. So not sure what's going on with Bam Bam. But, uh, you know, he was never – you know, he never won the big one except in ECW. But, but uh, he was always near the top of the card, and he was he always put on great matches. So uh, I don't know what else uh, you could do.
0: Yeah, how about you, Bob? You had uh, Bam Bam at number eight on your personal list. What you got to say about Bam Bam Bigelow? I
1: was surprised Lawrence Taylor's in, not in the uh, Hall of Fame either. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah. he headlined sure. WrestleMania. Look at and Refrigerator Perry's in there. Um, so, yeah, surprised by that as well. But uh, like like Adam mentioned, Bam Bam Bigelow, like he he was he, he had that look. Uh, you you think of a pro wrestler, and like if you could create one in your head. Like Bam Bam Bigelow would be kind of what you would create, you know, back in the day. Like he he just had that menacing look to him. His gear, um, he was just fun. And like like you said, uh, Bret Hart, like you said, w- mentioned him as probably one of the best agile big man wrestlers ever. You know, like no one can move like this man. And um, again, it was funny that you mentioned Andre the Giant because that's why he left the WWF in the first place in the very on his first run because he he worked with Andre and Andre uh, just didn't like the push that Bam Bam was getting. So he, uh, he worked really stiff with them and, uh, Bam Bam just said, fuck it. And he left. And and that's when he went over to WCW. But here you had this guy, I mean, when he first came out, you know, I think sports illustrated even did an article on him. Uh, I remember him being in a magazine back in the day and it's just like, wow, you know, they're including wrestlers in sports illustrated, but, uh, this guy was getting pushed when he first came in He, he was in the, the main event in the first ever Survivor Series uh, The main event in the King of the Ring He lost to Bret Hart uh, WrestleMania we just talked about And then uh, even in November to remember He was the main event for ECW's pay-per-view So he was just a big name That unfortunately never got the regni- recognition In the bigger companies I uh, like the WWF But he, uh, I don't know I just felt like he was special he he was you know a lot of fun to watch uh he could work a mic here and there but his i thought for a big guy his size he had a great wrestling skill set and uh you know he's he's one of those guys when they decide hey we're gonna put bam bam in it's gonna be like one of those like all right cool you'll you'll personally sit back and you'll clap because you know that he deserves it
0: yeah he does deserve it you know he's God, everything you guys have said, you know, the, one of the most agile big men of all time, you know, the way he can move in that ring, uh, the the presentation, you know, everybody remembers the, the flames on his uh, on his outfit and his his head tattoo and, you know, all that. And I don't know what I mean, just the reasons why people aren't in here. And it, the only thing I can think of is just how he his life ended You know, because, you know, he he got a lot. He was in a a lot of trouble with drugs and alcohol. He was in trouble with the law. He ultimately died of an overdose. Um, But then again, it's like choose a wrestler Mm -hmm. that hasn't, you know, (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's it's very that's very prevalent in pro wrestling. That shouldn't be a reason to get excluded from the Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. and if it is, then it's just a bunch of hypocritical bullshit. Because there's a lot of guys who are currently in the Hall of Fame who definitely had major drug problems, major alcohol problems, major, you know, run-ins with the law. I'm looking at you, Jake Roberts. You know, it's Sunny. What? Yeah, Sunny. For fuck's sake, Sunny's in there for. You know,
2: has she been arrested before? I, it's
0: <laughs> alleged. alleged.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm but, of course
1: being sarcastic. She, how, yes, how she, Rikisha <laughs> been here, and, and I think the be- over Bam Bam is just surprising to me.
0: Yeah, and I think the I think the better question is what Sonny is like, has she ever not been in jail? You know, uh, how I think many, she's, cur- I she's currently of- in the right thing,
1: currently is, yeah, probably.
2: Probably listening right now as we speak. Uh, and how many wrestlers can say they, they've uh, saved people from a burning building? Because yeah. Bam Bam's done that also.
0: That's right. He has. He's a real life hero. Yeah. Goddamn it, Vince, put Bam Bam Bigelow in. He deserves it. So yeah, there you go. Number seven on our list with eight and a half points. Bam Bam Bigelow. All right, let's go to number six. Number six. Damn it! When I saw this on Adam's list, I'm like. Son of a bitch. How the hell did I forget this? Bob, you might think the same thing when uh, when you hear who it is. Adam's number one pick is A number one, coming in with 10 points. Paul fucking Heyman. Paul Heyman, coming in at number six with 10 points. How did I not think of Paul Heyman? I, it, of course he deserves to be in the goddamn Hall of Fame. Adam, he was number one on your personal list. Enough points to come in at number six with ten points. Tell us about Paul Heyman.
2: Now, uh, I kind of, pardon the pun, I kind of wrestled with it for a minute because, of course, you know my reasoning was, well, is he not in because you know he's obviously working for WWE now as you know, uh well now it's Roman Reigns' advocate. Uh, the previous to uh, that, of course, Brock Lesnar's, and I thought, well, because he's active and he works behind the scenes, but then again, think about Paul Heyman. Um, you know, he had a six year period where he wasn't involved really in the wrestling business. Uh, after the uh ECW uh turd uh that was laid by the WWE um in 2005, 2006, when that ended, uh, you know, Paul basically walked out because he didn't like the way it was going. and Uh, he didn't, he didn't show up for about six years. So there was plenty of time to induct him then, because in my view, uh, everything that Paul Heyman has done for the wrestling industry is, is just amazing. Just one of the most innovative minds. Um, you know, we've obviously done shows about ECW before, but I mean, apart from that, uh, started his career as a manager. Um, I, I, I didn't look back. Uh, did he work in the AWA?
0: Um I don't think he did.
2: No, okay. Well then he no. the, the, he did start in uh NWA/WCW and we've talked about, you know, the Dangerous Alliance before when we did our did our uh, stable show, you know, managed such great talents as Rick Rude, uh young Steve Austin, um you know, Arn Anderson, Bobby Eaton, uh Bob's favorite Larry Zabisco, um you know, uh, was an announcer. Um, you know, was just, you know, another guy like Cornette, you could just see the intensity and love he had for the business every time he was on camera, uh, contributing. Then of course, after, uh, WCW days ended, he wound up in ECW and at first he was a manager and I think he was working behind the scenes, but eventually, you know, after Todd Gordon, uh, left, he, he ran ECW and, you know, uh, again, we've said it over and over the man is just revolutionized wrestling with the presentation ECW had with the, with the cruiserweight type matches, the fast t- pace type matches, the hardcore stuff, the, uh, the, what uh, should never be overlooked, the promos, uh, just, just what he got out of guys for promos. You just go up and down the list, Steve Austin, Raven, Mick Foley, uh, just so many guys, uh, Brian Pillman just cut so many great promos. Uh, he, he just, he took wrestling from something that was, more leaning towards cartoony and, and kids fair to, to something that, that young adults uh, and, and the older uh, fans could really get into just with the presentation, the realness, you know, using, uh, using popular music uh, for the wrestlers themes. And, and again, just uh, once ECW wound down and he showed up in WWF as a, as an announcer, you know, to replace Jerry Lawler when Jerry Lawler walked out. Uh, he had great chemistry with JR, and then they did the whole alliance angle. And one of the few things that they got right uh, for that, as far as I'm concerned, was, was uh, you know, some of the pipe bomb promos that Paul Heyman cut when they uh, formed the alliance. They had the XCCW guys there just, you know... Everything he's done, and then again, uh, winds up uh, managing Brock Lesnar to multiple titles and just a great mouthpiece. He just, you know, we talk about it uh, earlier, just a few minutes ago. Uh, Brock is a great talent, badass, great in the ring, but he can't talk. And Hammond's done his talking, and now he's doing Roman Reigns talking, and uh, everything he touches turns to gold. He's just such a creative, innovative mind. So uh, it's it just. Blows my mind that he's not in the Hall of Fame, and I just think it has to do with, uh, you know, Vince not giving the devil his due.
0: Yeah, I think it's true. You know, he's he's definitely rubbed Vince the wrong way a lot of times. I've heard that he's rubbed Stephanie the wrong way even more times. You know, because Stephanie was had a creative there for a bit, and you know, right. Paul Heyman, he's very opinionated when it comes to his thing, so. Maybe that's the reason why he's not there. I don't know, but goddamn, the the man is a visionary. The man has done a lot for wrestling. Like you said, one of the best creative minds to ever work in the business. Uh Bob, what do you gotta say about Paul Heyman?
1: I think what you said right now is as well as is perfect about him. Like he's right up there at the very top with when it comes to everything professional wrestling just like we mentioned about Jim Cornette um the only reason I didn't put him on my list is when when we first started talking about this list we started talking about how we wanted to exclude people that we just thought were slam dunks like like The Rock and The Undertaker um you know people that hey they're they're definitely gonna make it uh and for me Paul Heyman was someone that's definitely gonna make it like I I just feel like why he's not there? I have no idea. Kind of like maybe like a Chris Jericho type deal, or the Big Show, obviously. But it, it, to me, Paul Heyman is a, a definite, definite must-have in the in the Hall of Fame. He's definitely going to make it just because of. Everything that Adam just mentioned, just uh, the creation of ECW and just his mind. uh, When he was running SmackDown for that small period of time, SmackDown took over as the main show, even though Raw was always promoted as the main one. SmackDown was the show to watch just because Paul Heyman was in charge. Uh, That short period of time recently when he was in charge again, he was bringing up the, the mid Carters and making them all big names again, and people wanted to watch them, and now all of a sudden they took them out of that position and they've put him with Roman Reigns and now you know the Ricochets and the Aleister Blacks and the Keith Lees are all suffering because of that. But um yeah to me he was just a slam dunk for the category. So that's why I didn't put him on there. That's the only reason I excluded him but he definitely belongs easily.
0: Yeah. I mean I just forgot about him. You know I but I I'm not so sure that he's gonna be a slam dunk because like Adam said there was a long period of time there where they could have inducted him, where it didn't look like he was ever going to come back, you know, and they didn't do anything. And I know, like I said, he rubs people the wrong way sometimes, so that might impede any kind of induction he has. In my opinion, he's a slam dunk. I think he should be in there. I just don't trust Vince and company to think the same way. And Which I think, is why,
2: and I yeah. and I agree with that statement because of what they did the ECW when they tried to revive it. I mean, they they just pissed all over it and watered it down. So, I mean, I I, I could see both sides. I, I I agree with Bob that you know if his days as a manager, advocate, whatever, are over and he walks away, maybe maybe he gets in the next year or two. I I, I wouldn't be shocked, but at the same time. Just based on on Vince's track record with them, I'm not 100% convinced either that he's a slam dunk.
0: Yeah. I mean, we but shall when, see. When
1: you, when you sit back and you think about it, okay. Paul Heyman. Yeah. He, he brought ECW and, and for a short period of time, him and Vince were working together. You know, they, they were uh, transferring talent back and forth and, and ECW was there. And obviously, you know, Vince took over, but you think of WCW and Eric Bischoff who was Vince's main competition. And now Eric Bischoff is getting inducted. How many times would, you know, Bischoff go off on, on Vince and challenge him to matches and talk shit. And, you know, then when they brought him in, they brought him in as the managerial role, the general manager. And, and you know, him and Vince are hugging on, on you know, at, at the entrance way, and, you know, it's a huge shocker. But I think if someone was more of a pain in the ass, it was, you know, Eric Bischoff for that time. And here's Vince celebrating his career. Whereas, you know, I don't think Paul Heyman was – like I said, they were working together for a long time before even everyone even knew about it, and I really don't think it'll impede it. To tell you the truth,
0: yeah, I don't. I'm just still on the fence because, you know, sure, Heyman's an active part of the production, but you know, he's not. It's not like he's a wrestler. You can you can induct him really at any time. Um, you know, you got guys who are currently commentators who work for them even if it's just part-time like booker t and jbl and guys like that they're being inducted you know i i just don't see why it's taking them so long to do it right which J- is why I
2: are getting got in uh, when he was still working for them that's another yeah
0: one. it's just I, I and and the and lawler too you know it's you know it, it just makes me kind of weary about whether or not they'll actually do the right thing because you can't trust Vince to do the right thing sometimes. So I, I don't know. We shall see. Hopefully Paul makes it because he definitely deserves it. But like Adam said, I can see both sides of the, the tail. Maybe, you know, I hope he's a slam dunk. I hope he makes it in someday. And it's just only a matter of time. But it's like there's some, there's some factors there that make me not really think that that may be the case. I don't know. But like I said, I hope I'm wrong. So there we go. Number six on our list with 10 points, Paul Heyman. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. All right. Well, that brings us to the top five, gentlemen. We are currently in the top five. And at number five with 11 points, just a little, just a point above Paul Heyman, we have somebody who, uh, you know, to be honest with you, I'm surprised he's not in there yet. You know, he's he hasn't been active for a very long time. Um, you know, another guy who's had issues outside of the uh, outside of the sport, but has kind of you know kind of redeemed himself in the last few years. Um, but he's still not in the hall for whatever reason. We you know, he was number five on my personal list, and he was number six on Bob's. We're talking about the total package. Lex Luger coming in at number five. Um, you know, Luger, when it comes to his career in WWE, of course, it's spotty. You know, Vince picked him to kind of be the guy to take over for for Hogan after Hogan left. That didn't work out because the crowd just didn't give a shit about him. They they were really lukewarm reception to him. You know, they tried the whole, you know, all-American champ or all-American guy, the Lex Express and all that shit that didn't didn't work. Um, and ultimately, you know, he just proved to be a better talent, better utilized in Jim Crocker promotion slash WCW. He was a multi-time champ there. Um, you know, he was world champ, tag champ, and probably one of, if not the best United States champions of all time. I think you won it like four or five times. The United States belt. Um, Luger, you know, he he came in around the mid eighties. Um, just he had the look, you know, just the muscle bound uh, powerhouse. I, and he he got over really quick. I think he benefited from, you know, I hate to say it, but he benefited from Magnum TA. In his in his uh, in his auto crash because while Mag- Magnum T A was kind of like set up to be the guy, uh, but then he had that crash, and I think the next in line after that was Luger. They just they looked at Luger, okay. Well, we need somebody now. Who, who can we have to take his place? Luger was right there, and you know he was a top of the card guy. Like I said, from he he only debuted in eighty five, and by like 86, 87 – he was one of the top guys in uh, Jim Crockett Promotions, uh, he, and like I said, his WWE career was was not what it shaped out to be. You know, he just it just didn't work. But for what he did in the other federation, you know, if WCW had a Hall of Fame, he'd definitely be in there, no problem. Uh, so yeah, I don't know why Lex Luger is not in the uh the WWE Hall of Fame. Um Bob, you had him at number 6, so you and I had him like right around the same area. What do you have to say about Lex Luger?
1: Great time. great mind Stink legs sir. Remember?
0: Yes. Um
1: yes. yeah, like like you said the total package. Um, the guy had the look, um you know, the uh the physique, the athleticism. Uh WCW loved him. You know, he was part of the Horseman for a while and a lot of the main storylines that they would run you know, he was always involved with, with Sting and the Horsemen. Um, you know, he came over to uh, to the WWF when they brought him in, the Narcissist, and that didn't really play out well. And, you know, then, like you said, they did the the U.S. Uh, American Lex Luger. Everybody loved him. And although he never won the championship, he, he challenged for every major title. You know, he was with the British Bulldog going for the tag team titles and, you know, going up for the Intercontinental title. He just never won them. Um, he the co winner with Bret Hart in a Royal Rumble, you know, when they both went over at the same time. Um, you know, he was headlining SummerSlam and and stuff like that. But I, I think it's one of those things where, where we talked about before, it wasn't a Vince McMahon production. Uh he was made somewhere else and Vince brought him over and kind of just shit the fan with him and just said, uh, eh, you know, he wasn't really what I created. So um You know, you just never got that real push. And obviously the backstage politics, you would hear about that. I did read an article before where they said one of the reasons why Luger hasn't been inducted is because the fact that he left and he showed up on the very first Nitro, um, you know, when he was on the WWE as well. So the fact that he showed up there and they were pissed off about that. But when you sit back and think about it again, Medusa's in there and Medusa showed up on Nitro and she dumped the fucking title in the garbage and the WWE. Yeah, like, it's okay, you know. Well, we're gonna induct you anyway. So it's, it's just if that's the main reason why he hasn't been inducted, because he, he still works for them. He he's you know one of their wellness policy directors for the WWF right now. Um, but how how he's not in there is, is beyond me. Just because, like I said, he he had a great line of work in the past, and um, you know. I remember PWI Magazine, they, they put him number two in the PWI 500 because I we, I used to order that magazine religiously and remember seeing him all the way up at number two, just to, you know how much people loved him and stuff like that, but why he's not in there beyond me, so damn shame.
0: Yeah, totally agree. Adam, he didn't make your list, but do you have anything to say about Lex Luger?
2: Yeah, he just missed the cut for me. I was going back and forth. There are just a few others that I thought... Uh, uh, that I'm even more confused by, but you guys raised some great points. Uh, I was going to mention, yeah, I, I I'd have to think that the whole uh, stunt he pulled with with the first Nitro is probably leaves a sour taste. But again, I mentioned Jeff Jarrett earlier. Uh, Jarrett held up uh, WWF for I forget, for a ton of money, uh, uh, threatened to leave with the Intercontinental title, and and he's in the Hall of Fame. Um, and uh, Ultimate Warriors in the Hall of Fame. He he pulled the same thing at SummerSlam, teaming with Hogan where he demanded money and or he wouldn't perform. So Luger never uh cost them any money. You know, it, it was still kind of a dick thing to do, uh, if you if you're a diehard WWE fan, but I mean what he did wasn't illegal. Nobody went, came around and said, uh, are you gonna re up or not? You know, uh they dropped the ball on that, so now, I think he can only get so much, uh, hate for that. I can't imagine what else it would be. Um, like Bob said, you know, he wasn't a Vince McMahon production, so that, that probably hurts a little bit. And yeah, I, I, I was aware of uh, him working with the wellness program also. So, you know, you would think that would maybe get you the bump you need. So th- yeah, that one's kind of puzzling to me too. Um, again, it's WWE career, uh, wasn't nearly what his WCW career was, but again, there there are names. Uh, uh, if you go up and down and you really look, uh, there are people who had a much less distinguished career than, than Lex Luger in the WWF that are in there. So that that's a bizarre one to me too. But yeah.
1: Larry Zbyszko. Bit-
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord! Yeah, Bob's boy, Larry Zbyszko, definitely. <laughs> Oh, he's in shit. there. Yeah, I know he's yeah. in there.
1: Yeah.
2: You know, I when I was looking him up, and I did a double take when I saw that because he used to talk such shit about Vince McMahon. So I'm surprised mm-hmm. that he got into. So yeah,
0: yeah. Oh well, total package. Maybe he'll get in one day, but he's not in now. That's why he's at number five on our list with 11 points. Lex Luger. All right, let's move to number four on our list. Number four on our list comes in with 14 points. Um, This particular wrestler, um, very, very influential, especially with the smaller uh, wrestlers of the day, Uh, very influential to a particular wrestler who, you know, we'll talk about, you know, didn't, didn't make our list, but very well could have. We'll 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 take note of that later. But this particular wrestler, um, again, had his issues outside of the ring with drugs and alcohol. Um, also, was known not to be the very nicest of guys, you know, outside of the ring. Definitely had his issues. Um, his tag, his longtime tag team partner, is getting inducted this year. But this guy still remains on the outside looking in. We're talking about the Dynamite Kid. The Dynamite Kid is number four on our list with 14 points. He came in at number eight on my personal list, also on Adam's personal list, and he came in at number three on Bob's. Bob, you had him the highest rank. Tell us about the Dynamite Kid.
1: The Dynamite Kid was far above and beyond his era when he wrestled. Um, when, when we were introduced to that era of wrestling, you had the tall powerhouse giants, the Hulk Hogan's, the Savages, you know, the Warriors. And then you had the dynamite kid who was this tiny little guy, but he was jacked to the gills. And he was a performer like nobody else. When, when you talk about an athlete or wrestler that gives their life to their profession, it was the dynamite kid. Uh, that dude pretty much gave his body to the business that he loved and he's paying for it. Now I think he's bound to a wheelchair because of it, but that guy did stuff. Did he
0: pass away? That, is he still alive?
1: Uh, is he? Is he? I'm not, I'm not quite sure.
0: I'm pretty sure he I'm not did sure.
1: pass a couple of years. I think ago. he did
0: pass away like a year or two ago.
1: Ah, okay. But I mean, for a long time, but he was uh, a long time. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: A long time. He was in a wheelchair. Right, yeah.
1: 2018. You're right. I'm sorry. But, um, yeah the dude was bound to a wheelchair because of all the big bumps that he would do um you know the uh i'll, I'll always see him because of the high flying moves and the, the snap snooplexes. I, I i see a snap suplex and i always think of the dynamite kid um you know just the dives off the, the top rope and everything the, the dude just always did punishment to his body whether it become because of wrestling or obviously steroid abuse because of that time that was big but there was nobody like the dynamite kid. And obviously, like you said, the Debbie boy Smith is finally getting in, which is well-deserved, but I think dynamite kid should have been in there as well with him. Um, Again, he didn't have the major accolades, uh, you know, some other people, but there's other wrestlers that came about that idolized everything that the man did. Um, You know, the, the the first name that comes to mind is, is Chris Benoit that we, we talked about. But um, you know he did win the the tag team belts with David Boy Smith. But it, you think about best flying wrestler, best technical wrestler, the the dude had it all, and and he was amazing, and he deserved it. So how he's not in there again is uh is beyond me.
0: Yeah, the wrestler I was alluding to was Benoit, because like if you squint and look at like video of the 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 Dynamite Kid next to video of Chris Benoit, you would think they're the same guy. You know, they have the same build. Both are not very big guys, but they're both, like, jacked to the gills. And they both have similar movesets, you know. And Mm -hmm. you could tell that Benoit was very, very much influenced by the Dynamite Kid. Um, I remember Dynamite Kid, of course, you know, with the British Bulldog tag team, him and Davey Boy Smith. That's when I... You know, they were in the thick of it when I first started watching wrestling. They were one of the top tag teams in the WWF. And I always, I just loved the, the, you know, just the juxtaposition of the two. You had the smaller, more agile, more high-flying dynamite kid, the guy who was really, you know, the guy who could do a lot in the ring. And then you had um, Davy Boy Smith, who was just this powerhouse you know, and they complemented each other so well as a tag team. Um, and I, yeah, and it wasn't until later that I would backtrack and, you know, find other matches with Dynamite Kid. You know, I would go back and watch, uh, you know, matches from uh, Stampede Wrestling where he, he had uh, these matches in Stampede with Bret Hart before he was mm-hmm. Bret Hart, you know. And they were really great matches. And he would, he would have matches with uh fucking tiger mask, you know, that yeah. were just out of this world matches, you know? And the fact that, you know, he's not in the hall of fame just blows my mind. He's so influential. Um, like I said, he was, you know, he ripped apart WWE a lot. I know he didn't leave on good terms. He, I don't know if he had a role in the steroid trial or not. That may have been something that uh, really, you know, rubbed Vince the wrong way. and might be why he's not in there. I don't know. But as we all know, he died. My kid really did abuse steroids very much. Um, and from all intents and purposes, he just, he was respected, but he was not a good guy, you know, and uh, maybe that's, some factors too as to why he's not in. I don't know. But the fact that, you know, if, if Davy Boy Smith is getting in, the dynamite kid deserves to get in too. He's just as deserving. Um, Adam, you also had him at number eight on your list. What do you got to say about the dynamite kid?
2: Yeah. You guys covered, uh, all, almost all the bases. Um, so I'm just going to kind of echo what you said. Um, again, just influential for his time and, um, you know, you, you just think about some of those guys that came through Stampede Wrestling and it's, it's really, um, you know, I'm, I'm thankful for it. Cause again, yeah, that was when, when, uh, the big guys roamed, roamed all over and, you know, again, uh, you know, there's a place for that, but you know, I, I like my wrestling, I uh, like the my kid work, just, you know, working hard, just, just, uh, the, the pacing, the move set, uh, just, just, uh, I'm just drawn to guys who, who look like they put it all on line for the fans and, and, and you know, the ultimate reward for people like that, a guy like him or a guy like Mick Foley who, who just gave their bodies uh, to entertain so many people. You know, they deserve all the accolades uh, that are due to them, and it's it's really a shame that my kid hasn't received that. And obviously, as we mentioned, he's – passed away but but i mean he deserves the recognition i mean again uh wwf is where we all know him from but uh, tony mentioned stampede uh and he had he had quite a career in all japan and new japan also he won tons of junior and middleweight tag belts over there as well um and yeah the, the team with davy just is one of the best tag teams there are know, uh, they, they they were up high on our tag team uh list when we did a our best tag team countdown too. So, yeah, I, I just think, uh, again, because of the backstage stuff and, and uh, rubbing a lot of people the wrong way that I, I can't imagine any other reason why he's not in there. Um, so it, it, it is a shame because, again, you know, Ty Cobb, if you if you're going to baseball again, you know, Ty Cobb was the first ballot Hall of Famer, but he's, he's a, he was a first-class douchebag, but he's still in the Hall of Fame. So yeah. you know that you can only hold that against somebody so much. So uh, it's really a shame because someone who who just inspired a, 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 a you know a whole generation of of great workers that that we've had the pleasure of watching over the years uh, should be there.
0: Yeah. Well, he's definitely on our list, and we all three of us believe that he should definitely be in wwe's hall of fame with 14 points at number four on our list the dynamite kid all right let's move to number three we're in the top three guys and at number three we have a tie we have a tie at number three um and it's an interesting tie because they both come in with 19 points and that's because bob and i kind of traded off our number one picks and number two picks here um the first guy that we're going to mention was number one on my personal list and number two on Bob's. And the other guy was number two on my list and number one on Bob's. We're talking about CM Punk and Owen Hart. Uh, Both of those guys coming in with 19 points on our list in a tie for number three. Um, I'll start off with CM Punk. Uh, Yeah. I mean, What can be said about CM Punk that hasn't already been said? You know, he started out um, in the indies, one of the kings of the indies growing up, made a name for himself there in Ring of Honor, um, eventually comes into WWE. And of course, when you have an indie guy who comes into the WWE, they don't know how to fucking use him. They relegate him to, uh, you know, well, actually, the... Shitty remake of ECW when Paul Heyman was still in charge of it. He reached out to Vince and was like, give me him. I can do a lot with him. So he goes over to ECW and Paul Heyman tries pushing him to the moon. Um, and, you know, but Vince gets involved there. And ultimately, uh, ECW crashes and burns. But CM Punk is talented. You know, just comes through. He ends up winning uh, a couple of money in the bank uh, ladder matches. Ends up getting the belt both of those times. He's a multi-time champ. He had one of the longest reigns with the WWE championship in the modern era, uh, over 400 days. I'm not I'm not entirely sure how many days it was exactly, but it was what it was over a year, um, and he was just. One of the best talkers, one of the best workers, you know, just the cr- just over like hell with the crowd. He's it, just looking at it on the surface level, you see, how the hell is he not going to be a Hall of Famer? The question, but that's a serious question, because as we all know, CM Punk did not leave WWE on the very best of terms. You actually went on Cole Cabana's podcast and said how he left WWE and that, in effect, got him sued by WWE and that just the acrimony just kind of grew from there. I mean, he, he always says you never know. Maybe maybe fences can be mended. Who knows? It's, you know, Vince says the same thing, but they, they split on pretty bad terms. So that gives me reason to believe that CM Punk, there may be, there may be reason to believe that he'll never be in the WWE hall of fame, especially if Vince goes before anything and triple H is part of the decision-making because he was on much worse, terms with triple h than he ever was with Vince, i think so i don't know cm punk may be on the outside looking in i don't think cm punk really cares that much about being in the wwe hall of fame or not but i think he definitely deserves a place in there um bob you had him in number two so you must agree with agree with it that he deserves a place in there what do you got to say about cm punk
1: yeah i definitely agree 100 with regards to that i mean like you said, the, the long reign that he has as champ and, you know, the, one of the best promo guys he had on the mic to, you know, he, he could just entertain you when he was on the microphone. You want to listen. Um, you've gone on record before saying that you had stopped watching for a long time and one day you turn it on and you see this guy with the microphone in his hand and you hear him talk and it, it, you got hooked and that guy was CM Punk and that, you know, brought you back into wrestling to, to start following again um you know yep. he had the ability to be amazing as a bad guy amazing as a good guy right in between you still loved him no matter what he he could just draw a crowd like no other but the other thing was he could bring great matches out of his his peers you know not a lot of people say how many fantastic matches john cena has but if you think of some of them there would cm punk you know he had great matches with uh jeff hardy with randy orton you know just uh the matches you have fastest man ever win the WWE uh, triple crown, you know, in, in about 200 days he did it. Um, but yeah, like, like you said, it's, this one's a hard one because you want to say he's a slam dunk, but Vince went out of his way to fire him on his wedding day. You know, like, <laughs> the pettiness, yeah. the pettiness of shit like that. Yeah. Like, wow. But, um, yeah, so that that's where it's kind of like has a ten out regards to that one. But sh- should he be in the Hall of Fame? Absolutely. Sam Punk did the lot, and he did it his way, and that's what's great about it. He was that indie sensation that made it big, and and it got even bigger once he made it to the main stage. So, definitely well deserved the day he decides to, you know, even accept it if he wants to.
0: Yeah, definitely um adam you didn't have cm Punk on your list but do you have anything to add as far as he goes
1: well i agree with
2: everything everybody said uh that was that was one of my oopses and oversights i guess i know he's been he's been out of the picture for a while but i i don't know for some reason i have some feeling that that we haven't seen the last of him so maybe that's why i didn't think of him but i mean i agree with you guys 100 percent um Again, the, the he the, we've talked about it many times. Uh, he's, he's just such a great story because you know, he, uh, the, just hearing about his history all over again, and you know, again, uh, some get you know, again, that's that's gonna make me fight for Paul Heyman even harder because again, that's he's the guy who saw it and 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 said I can do a lot with this guy, and of course, you know, they didn't know what to do. Um, and again, uh, you know, we when we talk about great promo guys, you know. You know, you talk to wrestlers who are notorious for cutting great promos. They just say, you know, you know, don't don't uh, have someone write it on a piece of paper for you, or don't try to recite it from memory. Just just go from your heart and and go from there, and the and the fans see see that, and and they latch on to somebody. So uh, he's such a great success story, and, and he's uh, and a great worker to boot. So you know, that's that's yeah, absolutely should be on there. That was that was an oversight on my part. And again, you know, we've seen so many times, you know, never say never with these guys. I, there was a time I thought Hulk Hogan would never come back to WWE or, or the ultimate warrior, or a bunch of these guys. So maybe that's why he, he slipped out of my mind, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you guys. He he definitely would deserve, deserves it. And I hope it happens for him one day when the fences are mended.
0: Yeah. Right on. All right. Well, as I mentioned, it was a tie at number three. The other person with 19 points, as I mentioned, was Owen Hart. Uh, Bob, you had Owen Hart at number one on your personal list. What do you got to say about the slammy award-winning King of Hearts? Woo! Just,
1: uh, <laughs> that, that dude, probably one of the best in-ring wrestlers you're ever going to see when it comes to pure talent was was Owen Hart. Um Obviously we know the reason why he's not in there and for those of you that do not um, unfortunately Owen Hart passed away in the ring um, due to what due to an accident and it's his family that's keeping him out especially his uh, his, his wife that uh, wants nothing to do with the business but one of the most well respected uh, by his peers is His own heart. I mean, other wrestlers have gone out to include them in their Hall of Fame speech, Mark Henry, and say, "Look, this guy deserves to be in there." Um, You know, he he, he's his resume alone. Besides his wrestling ability, um, you know, when he was in the WWF, because he was there, he never jumped ship or anything like that. that, Even when his brother got screwed over, Uh, European champion, two time IC champ, four time tag champ, uh, the King of the Ring. And, um, you know, just Owen Hart did it all. Um, Just amazing to watch when he was in the ring. uh, As you got to learn more and more about him, unfortunately, after he passed, you know, just find out how how amazing of a person he was, but how he was always just a huge practical joker in the ring. And, you know, when you go back and watch some of his matches, you would see that stuff that he would do. Um, Unfortunately, he's he's known for, you know, slipping up and, and injuring Stone Cold Steve Austin and, you know, Breaking his neck with regards to that But uh, Owen Hart will always have A special place in my heart just because of um, You You respect his ability You respect the hard work that he would put into it He wasn't the biggest guy Um, He wasn't the biggest name but that was One guy that would always come in And check in and even if his job Was nine to five he'd be there before the, the Bell started and after you know one of the Last guys to leave as well just because You knew that's how much he was dedicated To this sport so uh, I had to put him number one. He's he's very well deserving of it.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, like you said, one of the best in ring workers of his era. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, there's no there's no denying his talent. You know, he was a, he was a great great heel. Um, he, the blue blazer gimmick was funny as hell. Uh, it's you could tell he he just exuded the business, you know, of course, being part of the heart family that's going to happen. And, but he, he set himself apart, you know, he was so talented, you know, Brett of course was, you know, the multi, you know, the world champion, but Owen was, Owen was his own thing. You know, it wasn't just like, Oh, I'm just another heart. You know, he, he definitely came into his own. He was more high flying. He was more, um, at, you know, acrobatic, he, you know, he definitely, you know, made his own mark in the business. And like you said, I know there, everybody knows the reason why he's not in there. His, his widow just wants nothing to do with the business at all. Um, you know, I think Brett has even called her out on certain occasions. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, she, he's saying that, you know, Brett is saying that Owen deserves a spot in the Hall of Fame and the WWE wants him in there, but she's just being so unreasonable. But, hey, man, it's, it's his widow. You know, she knew him better than anybody. And if it's against her wishes, then what are you going to do? But, you know, even that being said, Owen Hart does deserve uh, his spot in the Hall of Fame. And that's why I put him at number two on, on our list. Um, Adam, you didn't have Owen Hart on your list. Um, I'm, I, I know you love Owen Hart, so just, like, what was your rationale for not having him on the, the list?
2: The reason I didn't put him, because he's obviously, when I started brainstorming, he was one of the first names. The only reason he is not there, I just thought maybe uh, I disqualified him for my list because of that reason. Uh, the reason he's not in, because I know if it wasn't for that, he would have been in a long, long time ago. So the only reason that he wasn't on my list, Uh, Miss Elizabeth was another name um, that that was on my list, and I know she's not in for the same reason. So I kind of disqualified those two. That's the only reason. Obviously, he would be very near the top of my list, but I know for a fact that he would Owen would have gone in uh, very quickly, um, you know, had it not been for the wishes of the family. Uh, there's, there's, I, I, I'm that certain. So th- that's the only reason he's not on my list. Uh, I echo everything you guys said. I, I am a huge fan. And, you know, again, uh, one of my favorite episodes, as sad as it is of Dark Side of the Ring, was the Owen Hart show. Um, it kind of just really tapped into his widow and, and where her head is at. And I can understand her viewpoint, you know, is, you know, you know, putting myself in her shoes but then on the other hand as a fan um you know everyone wants to see him there and i know he would be there um and and it it, and it it has nothing to do with damage control you know vince likes to do damage control certain things but you know it would it it, when he got got in whenever that would have been it would have been based on his contributions to the business only and not anything to do with his death or covering up or trying to make things look better um, I know everybody loved him, as you guys mentioned. He was tremendous talent, tremendous guy. Um, so there's no doubt he'd be in the Hall of Fame if it wasn't for his family's wishes. So uh, yeah. he, he he certainly deserves it, and he would have been on my list. But, uh, you know, again, I disqualified him just because of that. I, I know he would have been there had it not been for the family situation.
0: Okay. Well, there you go. There we go at number three. Uh, tie between CM Punk and Owen Hart, both coming in uh, with 19 points. All right, this brings us to number two on our list. Number two comes in just above the tie uh, with 20 points. Um, This particular pick, um, one of the most decorated tag teams of all time in WWE held the belts for a long time. That record was just recently broken. Um, the, these guys, they were on my personal list at number three. They were on Bob's personal list at number seven and Adam had them at number two on his personal list. We're talking about X and smash demolition coming in at number two on our list with 20 points, Adam, you had Demolition at number two on your personal list. Tell us about Axe and Smash.
2: Well, here comes the Axe, here comes the Smasher. I just love that song so much. Uh, as you said, one of the most decorated tag teams in, in the history of, of the WWE. Um, you know, three-time champions, as you mentioned, and, and uh, the New Day broke their record not too long ago. I think Demolition had it for, I want to say, 460 some days. I don't have the exact number in front of me, but uh, you know the 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 knock that people had on them, and this has nothing to do with them not being in the Hall of Fame. But uh, you know they they were kind of looked at as a Road Warriors ripoff because of the face paint, and you know Vince you know wanted his own Road Warriors, you know, and, and that that may have been the case, but their style was I think was different than the Road Warriors. Uh, you know they didn't have a Doomsday Device type move. Um, you know they had the decapitation elbow, which was a cool move too, but. Um, you know these guys. You know they looked, uh, they looked like badasses when they came to the ring, and and their M.O. was to just beat the shit out of everybody, and and, and they really uh, made it look convincing, and they had the fearsome appearance. Um, they worked with so many great tag teams. Uh, you know, this Strike Force, the British Bulldogs, the Hart Foundation. Uh, late in their run, of course, they they worked with uh, the Road Warriors when they did come to the wwe so um you know again uh that was the golden era of of tag team wrestling as far as i'm concerned um was when demolition was raining at the top uh another another one of my personal favorite matches from an emotional standpoint uh was when they won the belts at wrestlemania three or i'm sorry wrestlemania six for the third time um when they faced haku and andre the giant because it was andre's last uh, you know, televised match in the WWF, and we all know how that ended um, when they won the belt at the Sky Dome. Um, you know, so they've just been involved in so many great matches, and you know, they, they had a lot of chemistry too. Um, Barry Darso has always been a guilty pleasure of mine. He just played his parts, you know, so over the top. Uh, he was more of the mouthpiece than axe, but but uh yeah just always enjoyed them i was huge fans and and the reason why uh they're not in is simply because well first i know they sued Vince McMahon um so that's something you don't want to do if you don't want to be in the hall of fame um and i was there also a uh a copyright thing that they had with him too for the right to the name
0: i i don't know about i don't know about that i know that they sued him but they I don't know about any copyright thing
2: regarding wrestlers uh, getting traumatic brain injuries during yeah during that period of time and having it the company concealing the risks of injury. The lawsuit was dismissed um, in twenty eighteen, but you know they're still not in. But again, I guess if you sue Vince McMahon, then then they're uh, basically screwed. I think so. I I think there was a a uh, kind of a they wanted to use the name also and. and of course, Vince wasn't going for it. Uh, the team kind of started to unravel when Axe was having health problems and they brought Crush in. The chemistry wasn't there, and plus um, Axe was supposed to get a managerial or a uh, backstage position, I mean, and uh, that was supposedly promised to him, and and uh, and then Vince changed his mind. So there's a lot of bad blood there, and that's why they're not in there. But again – their accomplishments and everything they did as a team, you know, it's, it's just like, it's a blip on history, you know, It's one of the most successful tag teams and, and, and it is events creation, you know, unlike the Steiner brothers. So, uh, you know, it, it's it just seems like a glaring hole to me, them not being there regardless of what's gone down over the years personally with everybody involved.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I loved demolition back in the day, you know, they were, they were popular just as, you know, in that, in that wheelhouse when I was a kid and I was, you know, just soaking everything up having to do with WWF, you know, they were right in the middle of it. They were, pro, they were the most popular tag team, the biggest tag team at the time, you know, and it was kind of weird, <laughs> you know, cause like you said, demolition was kind of Vince's version of the road warriors. But then when the Road Warriors themselves come over to WWE and, uh, you know, the coming in as the Legion of Doom, they kind of lay waste to demolition, you know, and it's it's I I was surprised by that because, you know, like we said, Vince kind of favors his own creations over people that, you know, did it on their own. But you couldn't deny, you know, the Road Warriors at that point. So but even still demolition. Where, you know, like I said, they held the belts for an insanely long period of time. Uh, they dominated that division for for that period of time. They have done everything you would expect a Hall of Fame act to do in the business. But like you said, Adam, they they did the the cardinal sin. They went after Vince himself. They sued him and that's almost certainly what's keeping them out of the hall of fame so you know as petty as you want to be as as much bad blood as there is you can't deny what demolition did they deserve their spot in the hall of fame in my opinion um bob you had demolition at number seven what do you got to say about them
1: yeah they were one of my all-time favorite tag teams especially growing up as a kid you would see these guys and and, you know, when, when you would actually think about their, their line of work, like you said, holding the titles for the sort of longest reigning period prior to New Day taking over, they were one of the greatest tag teams of that generation. You know, Adam mentioned a lot of t- tag teams that they were going up against, like the Killer Bees, the British Bulldogs, the Hard Foundation, the Islanders, stuff like that. They were, they were going up against the top ones and they were reigning that tag team division. And, again... I get it. Yeah, you're you're in that lawsuit and and Vince wants to be petty about it and you know, hold them back, but when you think of some of the tag teams again that are already inducted into the Hall of Fame. Again, I mentioned Harlem Heat at the beginning when I talked about the Steiners and Harlem Heat loved Harlem Heat no no slide against Harlem Heat. But to see that the Bushwhackers are in before Demolition, it's just what the, <laughs> what the fuck. To see that yeah. the Rock and Roll Express is in before demolition what the fuck i get the rock and roll express but they never really worked for the wwe they they were there for a small cup of tea all their line of work was out somewhere else this is vince's creation and demolition and it's not rewarded, you know, so it's just like how these two teams could be ahead of demolition. It's just a damn shame. Uh, again, no slights of Rock and Roll Hall, uh, Rock and Roll Express because of their wor- line of work. Bushwhackers, I-, I will slight them there. I don't give a fuck about the Bushwhackers, but it's just. Demol- <laughs> <laughs> Sorry.
0: Yeah, no, no, it's no, I, I I'm with you. I'm with you. You know, the Bushwhackers. Yeah. Um, It makes no sense. It makes no sense at all. You know, the Bushwhackers were the Bushwhackers were a comedy team. Mm-hmm. They were there for the kid to entertain the kids. Demolition was your actual championship tier team. And they're not in it just it. It makes no sense at all. So, but yeah. They deserved their spot. We all we all agree. And that's why they have 20 points on our list. And number two position overall. Axe and Smash Demolition coming in at number two. All right. Well, that brings us to our number one pick. But before we do that, let's go as we do every week to our honorable mentions. As I said at the at the beginning of the show, these are picks that got enough point didn't get enough points. To make the top 10 but they did get enough points to at least garner some mention for us um let's start with our first honorable mention which would be number 11 overall on our list coming in with five and a half points um he was one of adam's honorable mentions but he was up to number six on my list we're talking about rick martell rick martell coming in as our first honorable mention I loved Rick Martel, man. I was even as a little kid, I was a bit of a Rick Martel mark. You know, he was. I loved him as the model. I thought he was just like the ultimate sleazy heel. I love the. I love the angle. You know, the rivalry he had with Jake Roberts. I loved the rivalry he had with Shawn Michaels over Sensational Sherry. I thought all that was money. You know, he was never really in the championship hunt. With, uh, WWF when he was there, he was always kind of like a middle of the card guy, but you look back at what he did in AWA, um, Vern Gagne loved him enough to the the fact that he gave him the belt multiple times. He was AWA heavyweight champion, I think two or three times, maybe three times, but I know it was definitely twice, but, um, yeah, the guy was a great technical wrestler, um, did a lot for the business. I, I just loved Rick Martell. And that's why I put him um, on number six on my personal list. And I'm happy that he at least made the honorable mentions. Adam, you had Rick Martell as an honorable mention on your list. What do you have to say about him? I
2: can remember around 1990, 1991 wanting to get a button that said, yes, I am a model just like Rick <laughs> uh, that was a tremendous character. You know, the, you know, Sometimes you look back at, at WWF at that time and, you know, the gimmicks were always over the top, but that was a perfect one. That was, that was brilliant, whoever came up with that one. Uh, as you mentioned, uh, Rick Martell, uh, well, he found success wherever he went. He, he uh, you know, again, not usually not a main eventer, but yep. As you mentioned, he, he was the AWA champion. Uh, he was a tag team partner of Roddy Piper in the Pacific Northwest uh, uh, wrestling, uh, which I didn't know. So that was my lesson for today. Uh, won the tag belts three times the WWF, twice with Tony Gurria, once with Tito Santana in Strikeforce. Uh, even at WCW, he was the TV champ. He beat Booker T for the TV title. Um, unfortunately, he got injured uh, defending it shortly thereafter, and that kind of was the end of his career. Um, he uh, Before Ric Flair uh, did his amazing Royal Rumble victory, the year before he was in... Uh, he set a record for being in the rumble for 53 minutes. So that's nothing to sneeze at either. I mean, the guy just knew how to work. Uh, he was, he was a very, very underrated heel. Uh, another bit of information that I learned uh, was that, uh, that Rick Martel was considering uh, forming a tag team uh, with a certain Don Callis called the supermodels. Uh, nice. That would have been something to see. Uh for sure. Um, but, uh, I did read, uh, uh, doing research on him. Uh, Bruce Pritchard has said, uh, on his podcast that, uh, Rick Martell, after he got out of wrestling, he got in the real estate real big. And, uh, he's the rumors that he's been approached, uh, to, to be a part of it. And he just hasn't, uh, accepted that's according to Bruce Pritchard, but yeah. Um, you know, always, uh, he was, he was good in the ring and, and, uh, always was a good part of the show, even if it wasn't always at the main event level. So yeah, Rick Martell definitely deserves his due.
0: Yeah. He was also like, like you said, he was also a great tag team wrestler. Mm-hmm. You can't deny his actions, you know, the Can-Am connection. Yep. Him and, uh, yeah, Him and t- Z-Man. Yeah. Yeah. Him and Z-Man. Z-Man. I'm Zinc. And, uh, of course, Strike Force with, with Tito Santana, you know, and, of course his uh his heel turn on Tito is what led him to being the model. Yeah. So yeah, Rick Rick Martel just overall I I I loved him, you know, and I'm glad he's found success in the real estate market outside of outside of wrestling, but he definitely deserves a space in the Hall of Fame in I'm, my opinion.
2: I'm so, house hunting, maybe I should give him a call.
0: Yeah, there you go. Yeah, just say uh I I'm looking for a house with elegance. <laughs> He'll help you out.
2: Real, real quick, I don't want to belabor the point, but uh, the, my cousin and I, um, when we we're maybe 13, 14, somewhere around there, my father found a cologne called Arrogance and gave it to both of us for Christmas. Nice. I had that bottle for a long time.
0: Did you put it in, like, one of those uh, bug sprayers? Or, oh, or no?
2: I should have. I should have. Yeah. <laughs>
1: He played. He played, oh, he played that hero character perfectly. Like you, you, you wanted to hate him, but you respected him at the same time. Like, like you said, when he would come out with the bottle yeah. and spray stuff, and the blindfold match with Jake the Snake Roberts was fantastic. Um, the this the match yeah. with Shawn Michaels where neither of them could get punched in the face. Remember that 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 was another one. The oh, yeah, Summerslam. Nah i love that oh man he was just great yeah he i'm, I'm I, he was on the cusp of making my list i really wanted him on there uh unfortunately i didn't put him on but i'm super glad we get to talk about rick the model because I, I think this is the first time we're really talking about him on the show and, and he's very well deserving you know he, he's a great guy
0: yeah so there you go number 11 on our list our first honorable mention with five and a half points rick martell all right, let's go to our our second honorable mention, number twelve on our list. Uh, she was number seven on my overall list, number ten on Bob's overall list, coming in with five points. Now, I want I want to go back because Adam, you you mentioned Miss Elizabeth. This is who we're talking about. Miss Elizabeth is our second honorable mention. Um, maybe I don't maybe I don't have the information that you have because you mentioned that. Uh, the reason why she's not in the Hall of Fame is similar to Owen Hart, um, is is like her family not allowing her in, yeah, or
2: I believe that's where I, what I read. Yeah, I'm gonna okay. I'm, I'm gonna double check that while you're talking about her. Yeah,
0: but yeah, that's Miss Elizabeth comes in at number f- uh, twelve on our list, our second honorable mention with five points. I mean, what Miss Elizabeth was the epitome of valets you know she was you know every val, every female valet that came after her had to have been influenced by miss elizabeth at some point or another she just had so much so much sway that as far as that goes she was in the business for so long um and the fans loved her the fans loved miss elizabeth you know when when, when uh when savage was heel And would mistreat her all the time. The fans would just turn on Savage. He's like, leave that woman alone. She's such a, you know. And of course, you know, Gorilla Monsoon would be right there with him. You know, it's like, oh, she's such a beautiful woman. And Savage just treats her like garbage. What's the matter with him? You know? Mm -hmm. And it's she just played the role perfectly. And like I said, she has so much influence. They had such a great run in WWF that. You know, it's just amazing to me that she's not in the Hall of Fame. If it's because of family reasons, you know, I understand. Like you said, with Owen Hart, it's the same thing. But, you know, if it's because of her, you know, the way she tragically passed away, you know, she also got into drugs and alcohol really bad. Um, You know, if that's the reason, like I said, pick a wrestler who didn't have a drug problem. That sh- that shouldn't be reasons why uh, somebody shouldn't be in the Hall. Mm-hmm. So... Anyway, you cut it. I believe Miss Elizabeth uh, deserves to be in the hall. Um, Bob, you had Miss Elizabeth at number ten on your list. What do you got to say about her?
1: Yeah, she she leaves behind the legacy of being one of the first ladies of professional wrestling. Uh, like you said, uh, a role model to to so many people, and then so many valets that came after her. You know, used her as inspiration as to be the kind of character she was. She, she wasn't, you know, outspoken. Uh, you know, she she just would come to the ring and support Savage, um, but when when her and Savage came back together, uh, the retirement match she lost to the Warrior, just when they hugged, that pop that you got was amazing, and then if you actually sit and think about it, you know she. Even though the, the wrestling business at that time, again, was male-dominated dominate, male dominated with the big names, she was the main reason for many of those feuds. Savage is going up against uh, George the Animal Steel. Why? Because of Miss Elizabeth. Uh, the Honky Tonk Man. Why? Because of Miss Elizabeth. The Hogan-Savage feud. Why did that pick up? Because of Miss Elizabeth. You know, um, One of my favorites, obviously, with Jake Roberts when they feuded was because of Miss Elizabeth. But one of my all-time favorite, Ric Flair you know, how he said that he used to yeah, have, when
0: he was fully you know, there. Yeah.
1: Those, all those feuds that Savage had the main, you know, purpose behind them was because of Miss Elizabeth. So even though it was a male dominated sport, you actually try and say, Hey, well, she's one of the names that's always going to pop out because of that, just because of the, the, how popular she was. So she, she's another one that if I, I guess I could see it, if her family doesn't want her involved, but uh, I had never heard of that reason, so the same thing that you mentioned, Adam, I was kind of surprised about it, but um, if not, she's she's someone that's very well-deserving.
0: Yeah. Any news on that, Adam? Have you found anything? I'm trying to find
2: it, and I'm not right now, so I might have misread something. I thought I saw it somewhere. Um, so most of the reasons I'm looking at uh, have to do with the way she died, but again, if that's the reason, then that's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, because, again, unfortunately, drug overdoses and wrestling go hand in hand. So uh, I apologize if that's uh, not true information, because she definitely would have been in my top 10, if not my top 15.
0: That's okay. Well, even still, she comes in with five points is our number 12 pick, our second honorable mention here. Miss Elizabeth coming in. All right. Let's go to number 13, our third honorable mention. Uh, Number 13 comes in with four points. Uh, Those four points coming from Adam, because he is number seven on Adam's personal list. We're talking about renowned podcast host and current creative director of the WWE. Brother Love himself. Bruce Pritchard is our number 13 pick with four points. Adam, he was number seven on your overall list. Tell us about Bruce Pritchard.
2: I love him. Um, <laughs> I, I'm I am absolutely flabbergasted that Bruce Pritchard is not in the Hall of Fame. I mean, he's he's one of Vince's guys. I mean, it's I, obviously there have been, you know, gaps in between uh, his service uh, in, in WWE, but uh, I mean, again, like I said with Paul Heyman, uh, there, there was plenty of time. Uh, to induct him when uh, he wasn't involved. Uh, of course, he started in the late 80s uh, doing a couple gimmicks before he really hit with the Brother Love character, um, which was a play on, on, uh, on preachers who, uh, you know, shady TV preachers, which uh, is still a thing today. Um, shady TV preachers and Brother Love, he still makes an appearance from time to time. Um, but I, I just remember watching that and thinking, man, I hate this guy. What a jerk, you know, because something would always go down on the brother love show Hogan. We get sat on by earthquake. We just talked about Rick Martell and Jake Roberts, where Jake was blinded by the arrogance spray. some bad things always happen on the brother love show to our favorite wrestlers. So, <laughs> uh, you know, that, that was just a great character. But, uh, beyond that, uh, Bruce was, had served worn many hats in wwe um uh, you know if you listen to his podcast you know when when you see vignettes when you see uh great moments like uh you know the big boss man towing away the big show's uh, father's casket with big show writing on top of it uh bruce pritchard was the producer of all those segments uh, or a lot of those segments he was part of the creative team. Um, he was head of talent relations for a while. I mean, he any hat that, that Vince wanted him to wear, he wore it. And, and he was a huge part of the backstage. He ran the gorilla position uh, at, at the pay-per-views and the shows. Uh, again, Vince has got, you know, Gerald Briscoe, Pat Patterson, um, a few other guys like that who've just been with him And, that were his right hand guys and, and Bruce is one of them. Um, you know, twenty years with the WWE and again a couple different runs. Uh one he finished with WWE um several years ago. He went to T N A and uh became got to run his own show. He was senior vice president of talent relations and programming. Um and he's just he's just always been a huge backstage presence, uh, everywhere he's gone. Um and of course he he's been doing his podcast for several years now. And, and I have to believe he never would have come back uh, to the position he's in now in WWF had it not been for the podcast. It just, it took off that well. And then to listen to him talk about all those, what goes on behind the scenes to me, at least is, is fascinating. And just, you, you find out by listening just how heavily involved he was in some of the biggest moments, you know, he was there for the attitude Era. He was there for the, for the Hogan era and and beyond just uh, a lot of history there and a lot of, a lot of work behind the scenes. And uh, I'm always been fascinated with that kind of stuff. So uh, Bruce deserves some love on my list just for that. Pardon the pun. All
0: right. Well, there you go. Number 13 on our list. Our third honorable mention brother love himself, Bruce Pritchard. All right, let's get to number 14 on our list. Number 14, our fourth honorable mention, came in on all three of our lists and came in with three points altogether. Uh, This particular uh, performer was on my honorable mentions as well as Adam's honorable mentions, and he came in at number nine on Bob's overall list. We're talking about Flying Brian Pillman, the loose cannon himself, coming in at number 14 with three points overall. Bob, you had him the highest strength at number nine. What do you got to say about Brian Pillman?
1: Brian Pillman, there was like two two sides of Brian Pillman. There was the amazing athlete um you know that would come in and do these aerial moves that you had not seen by an american-based wrestler um you know that he was doing all these high-flying things that you would see in japanese wrestling or or, or mexican wrestling and then you had the loose cannon character where you just didn't know what the hell was going to happen you know with this guy at, at, at this drop of a dime um but he's super super talented um he did again he was another one that Did pretty well outside of of the WWE with the light heavyweight championship twice in WCW and tag team champ with the Hollywood Blondes and one of the most underrated tag teams over there that they had. Um, But over here, unfortunately, when it came to the WWE and they signed him to that guaranteed contract, he was hurt for most of the time. But again, even though he was hurt, he still had one of the biggest angles. Uh, With Stone Cold Steve Austin Uh, And then he was a part of the Howard Foundation Um, You know, the guy was amazing on the mic When he could wrestle He was amazing in his in-skilled work as well Um, I'll always remember him just all of a sudden Out of nowhere popping up in ECW and, And just giving him the live mic there And letting him work And that guy could work a crowd like no other But when the lights went on And Brian Pillman was in the middle of the ring The crowd popped You know, you just always wanted to hear What this guy had to say Um, Again, hugely, hugely talented guy. His matches with Jushin Liger, uh, WWE Hall of Famer right there, um, were just fantastic. But um, I I feel like he's another one that definitely should be on the list. And he's another one that you've talked about before where maybe they're just holding him back for some weird-ass reasons. Uh, But he, he definitely should be on there.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. He was in my honorable mentions. And again, I don't know why he would not be in there. I mean, everything you said is true. Very influential. Great in the ring. Great on the mic. He had the total. He was the to Everything you wanted out of a professional wrestler um, died suddenly uh, in his prime. But again, you know, there's a lot of guys who die mm-hmm. while they're still in the prime of their careers who do get in. You know, it's. It, I just. I'm. I'm kind of at a loss as to why they he would not be in the Hall of Fame at this point, but I think he definitely deserves it. Um, Adam, you had him on your honorable mentions too. Uh, what do you have to say about Pillman?
2: Everything Bob said about you know the two the two eras of his career really because yeah because of what a great worker he was in his WCW days, and then uh, you know. Then going to ECW, doing the whole loose cannon thing late in his WCW run, also, and then going to WWF, he was ahead of his time. Um, you know, sadly, as, as we know, he died uh, way too soon. I, uh, you know, if his career kept going, uh, even though they didn't seem to have a lot for him uh, towards the end of his career, uh, he was he was kind of in the mid card. Uh, he was he was in the Hard Foundation stable, but yeah, he wasn't in. Uh, chasing any titles or anything but you know had he been healthy uh had he been able to heal up and and uh and all that i think he would have been a big part of the attitude era because he was he was the precursor to that i mean he was he was shooting his mouth off before everybody before it was cool to shoot your mouth off you know the whole angle with austin and having the gun and all that stuff you know that that was some crazy shit back then they didn't do stuff like that in wrestling i mean even i don't even think ecw would have touched that one um so, uh, again, he was just so cutting edge, so ahead of his time. And it's a shame that we didn't get to see the, the, how far that career could have gone. But, I mean, uh, you know, again, you know, we're, we're kind of questioning throughout the show. And I, a lot of the answers seem to just be the circumstances in which they died. And, you know, but with Brian Pillman, um, it was more it was heart failure. I mean, obviously, he had, he had issues, but it wasn't really an overdose. It was an enlarged heart. And he had a lot of different issues physically throughout his life so i don't get it it just <laughs> defies all explanation I, I don't even really have a good reason for why he's not there but he should be there
0: yeah and that's why he's our fourth honorable mention at number 14 with three points flying brian pillman all right let's get to our last honorable mention spot here number 15 we have a tie for number 15 our last honorable mention. Our for each one comes in with two and a half points. Um, let's go to the first one. Uh, our first uh, honorable mention here at number 15 in the tie is the ninth wonder of the world, China. Uh, she came in at number nine on my overall list, and she was one of Bob's honorable mentions. Uh, I'll go really quick here because I, I kind of covered this ground. Me and Bob covered the ground about China uh, on last week's show with the top female wrestlers um China is in the hall of fame as a member of DX but that's not good enough in my opinion she definitely deserves to be there on her own it feels like um they finally kind of acquiesced and put china in as a member of dx as a way of just being like okay well now she's in now you guys can stop bothering us <laughs> um she deserves more than that she deserves to be in there on her own uh she cuz she just revolutionized women's wrestling and had such a big impact on uh wrestling in general for that short period of time in the attitude era that she did that she definitely deserves her own single solitary mention in the WWE Hall of Fame. Um, I know it kind of, with her actually being in as a member of DX, you know, it kind of flies against what we're saying. But like I said, she deserves to be in there as a, as a solo. You know, just her being a part of DX, to me, just doesn't fly. Um, Bob, you had her on your honorable mention, so what do you have to say about China?
1: I agree with everything you said. I mean, she she definitely, like you said, I feel like they put her in there in DX just to make people happy, but she definitely deserves to be in there just because of how she was just a trailblazer for women wrestling, uh, being able to win men's belts and hold up with the men. And, you know, she opened up a lot of doors for a lot of women just to, you know, partake in uh, wrestling with men and, 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 you know, get more of uh. A spotlight on them so she I, th- I definitely believe she deserves it yeah
0: all right well like i mentioned it was a tie for our last honorable mention spot at 15 the other performer that came in with two and a half points was one of bob's honorable mentions and it was number nine on adam's overall list we're talking about william regal william regal tied with china for our last honorable mention spot here at number 15 Adam, what do you have to say about William Regal?
2: This is another case of, well, are they waiting till he doesn't work for WWE anymore? Because William Regal hasn't really been an active competitor for the last uh, uh, eight years or so. Um, So I find that interesting. Obviously, he's the GM for NXT, um, but uh, again, uh, he hasn't been an active competitor. Uh, As a wrestler alone, he should be in. Um, not to take anything away from what he's done after his ring career is over because, I mean, he's, he's just a big part of, of the WWE family as a, first versus a commentator, then, then the NXT GM, he's also a trainer. So, I mean, he's already doing a lot behind the scenes. But uh, William Regal, to me, when I think of him, Uh, is i think he's still wcw tv champion even though wcw hasn't existed for 20 years Uh, (laughs) he always seemed to be the tv champion and uh, truthfully to me that that belt really was like uh, what is this belt but he he brought a lot of prestige to it because he won it so many times and he he seemed to defend it all the time on on pay-per-views and saturday nights and shows like that um you know he was a big mainstay at WCW, had a lot of great matches, um, and you want to talk about turning things around. Uh, obviously, he had some personal issues when they when uh, he jumped to WWF the first time. They gave him the world's stupidest gimmick, and it was just a colossal failure. So he went back to WCW for a while. Then he got another chance in uh, WWE, um, and he just made the most of it. Four time European champion won the IC belt twice, won the tag titles four times. Uh, I mean, he just the definition of a company guy. Uh, you know, he, he wrestled on Raw, he wrestled on SmackDown, he wrestled in ECW uh, when it was revived uh, by the WWE. Um, and again, just a, a big-time contributor backstage uh, for years, and... Uh, the guy, you know, he had, he kind of had a shoot style to him, wrestling. But as the years went on, uh, you know, he had that the that, that British humor that everyone loves so much. <laughs> he was a really funny guy. You know, he was the commissioner for quite some time too. Uh, for the and then he was always great in that role. Um, just a well-rounded competitor, and uh, you know, and again, there is absolutely no bad blood uh between him and and vince mcmahon that i'm aware of so why he isn't uh why he isn't in already when he hasn't wrestled for almost a decade is beyond me
0: yeah well bob you had him in your honorable mentions as well what do you got to say about regal
1: he's another one that i loved he's uh you know one of the most to me is one of the most underrated wrestlers uh of all time like just super respected by everybody in the business you know you hear stories about him and i mean just to go over that um the when he was in WCW um Japanese legend Antonio Noki wanted to do a few matches here in the United States Antonio Noki in Japan is the man you know, he just, he, that's just how amazing he is. So when he came over here, he wanted to do a show with WCW at Clash of the Champions. You had Sting, you had Ric Flair, you had Luger, you had all these big names. And he personally hand-selected William Ringo because that's who he wanted to wrestle against. So, I mean, to get that from a Japanese legend just shows the respect you have in the business. And, you know, just uh, the guy was fantastic on the mic. He could work his ass off. I loved how he, he stiffed Goldberg. Uh, you know, and Goldberg was there yeah. in his monster reign. Uh, he, he's a guy that's just very well deserving of it. Why it hasn't happened, I'm not sure. But uh, he's another one that when, when they announce that he's going to be inducted, uh, you're just going to sit back in and clap and be like, "That that's very well deserved.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't put Regal on my list for the same reason, Bob, you said you didn't put Heyman on your list. I think he's a slam dunk. You know, I mean, he's still very active in the company. He's still, like Adam said, the the GM for NXT. So he still has a TV presence and he does all that work backstage for the company. Um, I just, I think it's only a matter of time before he's in. And that's why I didn't put him on there. Um, To me personally, I think he has a much better chance. I'm more at ease in thinking that he's going to make the Hall of Fame than I am Paul Heyman. Because like I said, Heyman kind of has this contentious relationship with Vince. So who knows if he's going to make it or not. But I don't get that from William Regal at all. I think he's contributed so much to the company that I think eventually he will get in. But I do agree with you guys that he should have been in a lot earlier than what he has been, which is currently not at all. So, yeah, he definitely deserves to be in there. And I agree with you guys. So there we go. Our last honorable mention, number 15, like we said, it was a tie. Between China and William Regal, each coming in with two and a I, half points.
1: I agree where you're saying that you could see him as a slam dunk, but I mean, if if you tell people, hey, name me someone that's not in the Hall of Fame that deserves to be in there, he's gonna be overlooked so many times because he wasn't that mega part of a name, you know, and that's why I think he was like that that mid card status level. So it's just like you know, when you see a person like a Coco Beware or a Hillbilly Jim make it in, you're like, what the fuck are they doing there? But William yeah. Regal's <laughs> not in. Know. He deserves it, yeah. He does 100, but he's not gonna be that name that just jumps out right at your list. So like, hey, it has to be William Regal, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree with that, but yeah, here, hey, I'm fucking, I hope that he does, man, because he definitely deserves it. So, exactly. yeah, like I said, number 15, China and William Regal with the tie at two and a half points. All right, well, that brings us to number one overall on our list, guys. And like I said, I was really surprised that this was our number one pick. Um, He was high on all three of our lists, but none of us had him as our top pick. Um, But he had enough cumulative points to get to the number one spot. He was number four on my overall list, number five on Bob's, and number three on Adams. We are talking about Vader. Vader coming in with 21 points just above demolition to take the top spot in the enhancement talent list of people who should be in the WWE hall of fame. Adam, you had Vader all the way at number three on your list. You had him at, you know, the highest strength out of all of us. So we'll start with you. What do you have to say about Vader?
2: Again, a big, big Mark, as I've mentioned before, uh, he's my all time favorite, uh, big guy wrestler. I mean, I can remember seeing him do a moonsault uh, when I was a kid uh, on on some poor jobber, and I'm like, holy shit, this guy's 450 pounds, and he's flipping off the top rope. This guy is a badass. Uh, I'm also a huge Star Wars fan, so (laughs) Darth Vader being my favorite. So when he carried that mask to the ring, so I guess the love affair started early, but um, again... This is, a, in my opinion, this is a classic case of, oh, not my creation, so uh, I'm going to shit all over it. Um, this guy, you know, has all over the world, wherever he's gone, uh, except for WWE. Uh, he's a legend in Japan. He, he won the, the Triple Crown Championship in All Japan twice, the IWGP Championship in New Japan three times uh, of course, everyone knows WCW uh, He's a three-time world champion And there there was just a period there Where he was the guy You know, the uh, guys like Ron Simmons Future Hall of Famer Sting, future Hall of Famer um, Count British Bulldog Future Hall of Famer Just a few off the top of my head Cactus Jack, you know Nobody could beat this guy uh, and, and, you know, he had Harley Race As his manager, and yeah, there were some There were some, uh Dusty finishes or some screw job finishes, but Vader beat a lot of these guys clean and, uh, you know, just made a huge impression on me. Uh, I love the stiff style. Uh, you know, many, uh, many a talent can tell you about Vader's punches and taking those in the ring. Stiff worker, again, so athletic as a big man, you know. Um, and then, you know, things uh, went south in WCW when he had that backstage altercation with Paul Orndorff. And uh, so he winds up in WWF. And I remember hearing about that and going, oh, well, uh, he's going to be champion in no time. And then the politics of pro wrestling take over. And all of a sudden, Vader's too fat. Uh, Shawn Michaels doesn't like him or doesn't want to work with him or what or, or whatever Shawn Michaels and the cliques problem was with him. Uh, the guy got Shannon on for three years. Uh, and you just see the body where... He, he did before his WWE run and then after going back to Japan and, and winning more titles and being a huge name over there. Uh, I, I just, I never understood what the deal was, why why he never got over in WWE because he had the tools and guys like Mick Foley and Austin have said in interviews, you know, they can't believe it themselves that, that they had this, this great talent to use and they never used them. Um, so I think it's just, it's just, again, it's not my creation, not my cup of tea. So, uh, you know, Vader, of course, sadly passed away a couple of years ago. Um, you know, he did make some appearances on Raw, uh, prior to his death and did some stuff for the company, but, uh, you know, he, he was, uh, he had a heart condition. I believe they told him he had two years to live. They had every opportunity to, to do the right thing and they just didn't. And it's, it's a shame
0: yeah yeah i definitely agree i mean like you said he was a monster he was booked and he was booked as a monster everywhere he went except for wwe like you said japan wcw everywhere he went he just dominated but vince made a joke out of him i don't know why it well i i kind of do know why like you said he ran a afoul of the click and at that point in time in the company you know Shawn michaels had vince's ear because he was the champ and if you ran a foul of Shawn Michaels, guess what? You weren't going to get pushed. And Vader, you know, as much of a decorated champion as he was, was just floundering in WW, WWF. And it was it was really hard to watch. Um, and it's a, it's a damn shame because, like I said, he's so agile for a big man. Super heavyweights doing moonsaults. He, I mean, Jesus Christ, you don't see that. You know, and like I said, I know he had a reputation for being stiff in the ring, but that just added to his allure, just like the way that he gave the you know the Vader bombs and and everything it was just brutal, but it added to his mystique. and I loved it. Um, yeah, and it just i i I don't know why he's done in the Hall of Fame if I, he definitely deserves a spot in there. The closest he ever got to the hall of fame is when he inducted Stan Hansen that, you know, that's, that's the closest he's gotten to the hall of fame. And that's a damn shame. Vader deserves a spot in there. And I, I, like, like you said, Adam, I ju- I'm just dumbfounded as to why he, he's not in there. Um, Bob, what do you have to say about Vader?
1: I always love Vader. I like, call, uh, we've talked about before, especially in the WCW, WCW episode, you know, just, the, the, he he redefined what it meant to be a big man in the world of wrestling. You know, like he would do those moon salts and those splashes with the greatest of ease and no problem. Um, you know, w- when he would hit you, he would make it look like he hit 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 you. You know, like it, it was just that effective. Um, and, and other companies used them. Japan used them the way he was supposed to do. Uh, WCW used him with Sting and Flair and Hogan the way he was supposed to be used. And then he comes over, and like you said, he he runs a follow the click. And um, I, I read an interview with Jim Cornette the other day where Jim Cornette said that uh, when Vader came over to the WWE, he was put in there with Shawn Michaels. So after the, after the match, Vader rolls out of the ring, and he's crying. And Jim Cornette says, what the hell happened? And he says, I lifted up Shawn Michaels by his hair too rough, I guess and he said he pulled him into the corner and he said i'm gonna have your ass fired for what you just did to me and, and vader starts crying because of it because you know and it's just like it, it's hard a story to hear because you see vader and the big man that he is but if Jim Cornette's telling the story you know obviously he was the manager for vader at that time you'll probably want to believe it and because that's the pull and the power that Shawn michaels had so uh they they made him look like shit they never used him the proper way but It was just a damn shame, Um, you know, like I said, for such a big man to be able to move with the greatest of ease like he did. It's just definitely well-deserving the day that he decides to get in as well when they put him in there. And it's a shame that he'll never live to see it because he passed away, obviously, but uh, very well-deserving of a top spot.
0: Yeah, totally agree. So, yeah, there you go. And 21 points at our number one spot. We have Vader. All right. Well, that's our list. That's the enhancement talent list of our top 10 wrestlers who deserve to be in the WWE Hall of Fame. Uh, Like we do every week, let's do a quick rundown back of our top 10 list. At number 10 with seven points, we had Jim Cornette. At number nine with seven and a half points, the Steiner Brothers. At number eight with seven and a half points as well, but with the tiebreaker, we have Sid. Sid. At number seven with eight and a half points, Bam Bam Bigelow. At number six with 10 points, we have Paul Heyman. At number five with uh, number five with 11 points, we have Lex Luger. At number four with 14 points, we have the Dynamite Kid. At number three, we have a tie with 19 points each. We have CM Punk and Owen Hart. At number two with 20 points, we have Demolition. And as we just mentioned, our number one overall with 21 points, Vader. Ah, There we go. Like I said, like like I mentioned above, I was really surprised if Vader made the top spot because, like I said, he wasn't number one on any of our lists and usually when we do these lists you know the top spot usually is number one on one of our lists but collectively as a whole you know he just comes in just above demolition with 21 points um would as we run down that list bob how, how do you feel about it
1: i think it's a good list um you know it was a hard list to compile there's so many names that you know come come about and, and one of the ground things that we didn't talk about prior to the show so those people that are listening one of the rules we set was we we said that the, the wrestlers tag team singles whoever it was had to have been a part of the WWE at some form of another uh, so if you come at us and say "Why you guys forgot the Great Muda or you guys forgot the Rock, uh, the Midnight Express well they were never part of, of, of the WWE so that's why we excluded them we also have people like The Rock and The Undertaker and Chris Jericho that we said these people are slam dunks. They're going to definitely make it, you know, it's so that's why they're not on our list. And then the elephant in the room is Chris Benoit, obviously. And if it comes to term to a wrestler, wrestler, wrestler standpoint, Chris Benoit easily is probably our number one on our list. I don't know if anyone else would have not put him up there, but if it would have just been wrestling ability and talent and everything like that, easily number one. But you, when, when you think about his personal life, um, that trumps his wrestling career, in my opinion, and that's why he's not on our list. And you know, for for myself, I I want to say the same for you, Tony. Not sure about you, Adam, but um, it just it, it was too much for me to not be able to overlook. So, uh, if people wonder why we omitted some names, obviously his, and you know, like I said, other people that never partook in the WWE, the reason because of that. But again, it was just. It was it was a tough list to compile, but I'm happy with the results.
0: Yeah, and like like you said, when it came to Benoit, me, you know, Bob, I re, yeah, we were talking about during the week. Just we were wrestling so much with Benoit because if it's like, well, if we're gonna include him, we have to preface it that it's just strictly for his in ring work, you know. But t- you can't you can't overlook what he did, you know. It mm. was just you know. You can't. I mean, he's never going to get in, and rightfully so because of what he did. And yeah, like you said, it just couldn't get over that. I agree. Uh, I, know I agree you're, you're, completely. Yeah, your 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 feelings are similar. I'm sure, Adam.
2: Yeah, I I, I agree completely. Just you know, obviously, it, nobody's perfect. With uh, a lot of folks on this list, have they're, they're demons, but uh, yeah, that was just the line I I couldn't cross.
0: Yeah. Well, how do you feel overall about the list, Adam?
2: Uh, it, it it was very interesting to me, you know, because obviously, as you mentioned, uh, nobody's number one made it, but, you know, everybody, that that's the thing, you know, everybody has their, their reasons, and that's what makes this fun. That's just, you know, how one person sees it may not uh, be the way, you know. You know, everybody comes at their list in different ways, uses different criteria, so um, I, I, I'm i glad some people got mentioned that uh, either i forgot about or you forgot about or bob forgot about uh, but i i think the the big big names were were all mentioned and represented very well there's a couple i didn't think of and you know and and all that and you know all of them deserve to be there and, and deserve to be talked about tonight and and uh, it's ridiculous that they're not there where they belong yeah.
0: Well, there we go, folks. Our top 10 list of wrestlers who should be in the WWE. I hope you enjoyed that. All right. Well, like we do every week, it's time, it's match of the week time. This is a match that uh, each three of us pick for you guys, the Enhancement Talent fans, to maybe go out there and watch in the meantime, in between time, before we have our next show. Uh we'll start with you Adam. What's your match of the week this week?
2: All right, I'm I was looking over trying I was first going to go with the Demolition match because uh they were my highest rated wrestlers on my list, but I'm going to switch gears and I'm going to pick a Vader match since uh since he was number 1. Um there was a one match he worked. Uh was a tag team match. Um and if you're a fan of Russell crap, you'll you'll enjoy this too. Uh, the build-up to this match is, is hysterical. Um, Vader teamed with Sid for a while, uh, and they called themselves the Masters of the Powerbomb because they both had power bombs as finishers. Um, they wrestled Davy Boy Smith and Sting um, at Beach Blast before his bash at the beach it was called Beach Blast. I want to say it was 1993. Um, it was a tag match, and uh, that's a good example of Vader hitting the moonsault. He hit the moonsault on Davy Boy Smith during the match, um, so I'm I'm gonna go with that one. Um, it also features two guys who, you know, in Sid and, and Vader who should be in the Hall of Fame and aren't, and then Davy Boy is finally getting in, but uh, you know, uh, it took way too long. So there's the three guys right there that uh, that are great talents that should have been in earlier or should be in now. So I'm I'm gonna go with that. Beach Blast 93, Masters of the Power Bomb versus Sting and Davy Boy Smith. And again, uh watch uh if you can find them on YouTube, watch the promos for that match because they're absolutely hysterical.
0: Yeah, the the filmed vignettes are are mm-hmm. worth the <laughs> worth the price of admission alone when it comes to that match. Oh crap. Russell crap, there you go. Mm-hmm. Like you said, mm-hmm. definite yeah. Russell Crap. Uh, Bob, how about your your match of the week this week?
1: Real quick, speaking of Crab, did you see who was inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame today? Uh -uh. Uh-uh. Right when when we were getting ready to uh, start recording, did you see who was uh, included in the list? No. Ozzy Osbourne is going to be inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. What? Yeah. (laughs)
0: Twitter, what man, the fuck the, does Ozzy Osbourne have to do with the, the WWE? I was with the exactly.
2: British Bulldogs, man, and, 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 and uh, yeah. uh, the Matilda. Oh yeah, what
0: was that WrestleMania? The, what was that WrestleMania two? I don't
2: know. I was too drunk to remember. <laughs>
1: I believe. Oh god. Yeah. Apologies um, for my Ozzy invitation. I thought I'd let you know about that, but um,
0: <laughs> I, I want
1: her. Go ahead. I'm sorry.
0: No, no, no. I was just gonna say that just makes me think even less of this Hall of Fame. But yeah, go <laughs> ahead. Scott
1: Steiner yeah, was smarter. smarter. And, uh, and and I go with the uh, Owen Hart, Bret Hart, SummerSlam '94 here in Chicago, the steel cage match for the nice. championship belt. Fantastic match. Check it out. I was yeah. there. It was a great match.
0: Definite classic. Um, I'm gonna go with you know our top spot Vader, and I'm gonna go with the match he had with uh, Cactus Jack at Halloween Havoc 1993. Yeah. Uh, just a brutal match, and it's definitely—I mean, for those two guys, probably my favorite match that those two had in their rivalry. So, yeah, go back and watch Halloween Having 1993, that match between Vader and Cactus Jack. Yeah, I almost won with a that one.
2: Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I
0: agree. All right. Well, there you have it, folks. Thank you again for listening to another episode of the Enhancement Talent this week. As always, please drop us a line. Uh, you can contact us at our email address. It's EnhancementTalent316 at gmail.com. Again, that's EnhancementTalent316 at gmail.com. Or you can look up our our, uh, Facebook fan page. Just look up Enhancement Talent on Facebook. Uh, Click on the Join button. Me, Adam, and Bob are all admins, and we will let you in, and you can interact with the fan community that we have. All right. Well, we're going to wrap this up now. I want to thank everybody for listening, of course. I want to thank everybody for their support. So, for the Warsaw Blonde himself, Adam Kalavic, and for the other half of the fabulous Lopez Cousins, Dr. Bob Lopez, I'm Tony Lopez. Enjoy the rest of your Easter, whatever's left of it, and we will talk to you guys next week. Have a good week.
1: Good night.